0: I don't know if you guys are watching Monday Night Football. Do you see the Lions try to do this dance? No, I did not. Oh, it was so uncoordinated. It'd be like <laughs> if us three in here, men with no rhythm tried to do it. Hey, was well, Jared Goff oh, leading man. it? Goff was not. It was a defensive it was a bunch of defensive guys after one of the Jimmy Garoppolo turnovers last night. Hey, a happy Halloween, a spooky Halloween and we're hanging out for the next three hours. As always, the wake up call. We appreciate you waking up with us. He's Kevin Bowen. I'm Andy Sweeney. Mark Dykton has the best damn Halloween outfit that you could have. Uh, I have nothing today. I will explain the debacle in the Sweetie household and we're hanging out in the DriveHubler.com studios. Tons to react to last night. If you were able to see the Indiana Pacers oh my game God. Don't get last me night, game three and the first Bally's rant upcoming, uh, so I didn't get to see much of it. Obviously, tons of Colts items to react to. Uh, Shane Steichen met with the media last night, and tons to do here. Uh, Greg Doyle gonna join us in the 9 o'clock hour. Rick Carlisle, coming off that loss last night to Chicago, will be joining us here at the top of the 8 o'clock hour. KB, uh, good morning. You look fantastic.
3: Happy Halloween to all of those out there. Yeah, the bacon costume comes in handy on a day like today, because I... The temperature goes up about 18 degrees around my head with this bacon costume on, uh, which is, again is well served today. So uh, it's crispy, it's sizzling, it's ready to go here on this Tuesday morning. So good Tuesday morning to you, Mark, good Tuesday morning to you. What gives you more issues, the the bacon
4: outfit with the headset or like the turkey hat at Thanksgiving?
3: Yeah, I, honestly the turkey hat isn't too too bad. This one is the um, vision-wise I struggle. Mm -hmm. Left turns were a bit of an issue on the way down. Got blinders on. The parking garage today, um, I, there was an older woman uh, in the elevator with me, by the way. Oh, that was day. there really? And that doesn't really happen. I mean, we get here relatively early, so typically you don't get a lot of elevator action. And all of a sudden, I walk on the elevator, and she looks at me and just literally puts her head down. No words exchanged <laughs> from you know floor two to floor six. Yeah, that's not uh, your fault.
0: It's Halloween. That it was a on, bit awkward. Yeah,
3: that's on her,
0: okay? You have to know, you're dressed up like bacon today. It's not a normal Tuesday yeah. in India it's Halloween. Come on,
3: felt yeah. like it was okay.
4: Yeah, that's fine. I think she's just like uh, of all the people that could be in this elevator with me. It's the guy just in the baking. <laughs> now, at, Mark, at
0: six thirty 30 six in the morning. In the morning. Uh, Mark, yeah. You're
4: going with a little Kevin James. Yeah. Game? yeah, I feel like I need to like get on it's the camera fantastic. at some point and just pose so that people get it. But I'm the Kevin James meme <laughs> that kind of has taken Seems charge. Be one of the more popular the memes right now. Yeah, I I literally I could not think of a costume, and I I was at the game with Jake query history and he just randomly came up in conversation because he's one of his old man rants. Is like I don't get this Kevin James meme. Why is it <laughs> everywhere? I was like, you've just figured out my costume, sir. So that's how we. That's that how is we an, it. That is an
0: old man rant yeah. while the uh, the Pacers were fouling and turning the ball over last night. Oh my god! Uh, so you were there. So you were. I mean, you were you were smelling the sweat. <laughs> With those tickets, brother. Oh yeah, smelling
4: the sweat, hearing oh, all the hearing all the profanities and and all that <laughs> stuff. Well, we
3: were doing the <laughs> profanities just at home, trying to get the Bally Sports oh, app to function. Uh, incompetency has become way too often the word to use with the Bally Sports app. It's unbelievable to me, Andy Sweeney, that NBA teams continue to partner with such a pathetic, incompetent company like Bally Sports, which again has filed for bankruptcy. Um, last night, if you had the app, or if you try to watch the games online, uh, you could not stream or view those games unless you had, which again, like, uh, let me explain a little bit for the Bowen household. You know, typically Rosie stays up to about seven forty-five, eight, and I let her watch a show. During that time. And I give her the TV and typically I, you know, just watch the game on my phone, sit there, uh, you know, peacefully. And that's how we kind of go about things in the seven o'clock hour. And all of a sudden the app's not working. I go over and get the laptop. I'm like, wait a minute. Um, what is going on here? And then I remembered who we were working with. Yeah. And it's Bally Sports. And here it is, the first week of the NBA yeah. season. The
0: third game. A big game. A game that people can't wait to settle in on a
3: Monday night and watch. Remember last Thursday yeah. morning? Uh the highest rated Pacers opening night game and you know, X amount of years and you know, viewership over the season opener is up sixty percent from last season. Like, if you're the NBA and you're trying to attract a new age of fans, I would think Think the streaming service for the vast majority of your teams would be something that you would want to make sure has functionality on the third game of the NBA season. Uh, just an absolute joke that we pay, you know, whatever nineteen ninety-five, I believe it is per month, and this is the type of product that is provided to us. Okay, so
0: yeah, I, I didn't know. So, you know, I'm
3: relatively new here, and I have only been
0: hearing the horror stories on, to Bally on Bally's. And so the first game, KB looked at me and goes, how did it go? And I'm like, oh, I'm, like, and I'm not thinking of it. You know, I've watched a lot of Cincinnati Reds games over the years on Bally's, and I think, oh, I mean, it was fun. The broadcast was fine. And by the way, it has nothing to do with Denary and company on the actual no, broadcast, no, no, no. Uh, because people get those two it's mixed It's
3: their damn up. employer that sucks.
0: Yeah, and so, you know, I, I I flip it on and I'm not able, it's giving me an error message and I'm like, it's 6.55 right now. Like, and so I start to, you know, look on Twitter and they have the Bally's help desk who has a Twitter account. Their it, social
3: <laughs> media is maybe dumber and more incompetent than their
0: actual product. It's just the same two or three lines that they send to everybody, but as the game was going, I gotta be honest, I was having a little bit of fun just watching the people who we're trying to check in at different times, whether it be you know the guy that's checking in mid first quarter, the guy that's checking in second quarter, oh, yeah. halftime, yeah. whatever it may be. But yeah, that's all I could think of was the teams two and zero. No, obviously they lost last night. We'll dive into it. They're two and one, but they're two and zero. You set all sorts of of streaming records and audience records and everything else. Game one, you're excited. You, you beat Cleveland on the road without without Donovan Mitchell and company. You come home. It's a Monday night. It's not yet. There's nothing going on last night. That's the thing, KB, you have a, you have you have the Raiders and Lions, which is okay. And you have the World Series, so you have some things in the background. But if you're an Indiana fan, okay, if you're in Indianapolis or around here, I mean, you know, Halloween's tomorrow. You can settle in, and uh, hell, you can get half the game over by the time the NFL game even kicks off, right? Hey, it's before just- the the baseball game even goes, and it doesn't work. And I text you guys, it's not that it didn't work. I it didn't work the entire game. Yeah. Like I've had issues with an ESPN Plus feed or, you know, Fox Sports yeah, feed. and it's out for a quarter yeah, and maybe. Yeah, it's out for a quarter, it's out for 10-15 right. minutes and it's in it's and it's resolved. Like I haven't checked the app today. I don't know if I can even get into the app at 707. Let me check.
3: I I'm just picturing this company as a bankrupt co- company not like paying off one of their, you know, random little items that would help to stream the app from a functionality standpoint on the third night. of of the NBA season. So um, I know there are a lot of our audience that either had dialed up our station? Yeah. For Mark Boyle sure. and company? It's great for them. Um, and missed out. And I guess, in a way, it was probably a good thing you missed out. Just a, a, a wild combination once Rosie finally went to bed and I could turn on the cable and get my you, normal to work. You know what you are, right? To work. Have you seen the meme of, shout out to all the dads who buy an
0: 85-inch TV who think they're going to be watching sports <laughs> and instead Bluey's on TV or whatever the hell else kids uh, watch and you're watching it on a, you know, an 8-inch phone?
3: I, I was doing the <laughs> dishes last night. I, because that, that's also kind of a thing that I'm like, okay, Rosie, you can watch, you know, Bluey on the TV. I'll go do the dishes and just throw up the phone right above the sink and kind of watch the game sure. while I'm doing the dishes. Maddie comes in and goes, oh my gosh, I almost just cried at the Bluey episode. And I'm thinking to myself, there's not a more parent comment. You aren't officially a parent until mm-hmm. you get emotional oh, watching man. Bluey. Um, <laughs> But for those that did finally get to uh, tune into the Pacers game last night, to me, it was just a combination of things. I thought the Bulls, first off, they got the game much more at their pace. Mm -hmm. Um, I always watch the Bulls and think to myself, how are they this bad? Like, how do they have Levine, DeRozan, and Vucevic, and they're this bad on a pretty annual basis? They're probably wondering the same thing. All three of them over 20 points. You know, defending without fouling, I think that's a question you throw to Rick Carlisle. I didn't think the Pacers got a great whistle last night, but... They did a decent job when they didn't foul DeRozan and Levine, but they got to the foul line way too much there late. And then simply, I just thought the Pacers didn't shoot it well. And I thought the looks were decent. Um, and honestly, of the next 70, what, eight nights of the year, I'd be hard pressed to find Tyrese Halliburton ever going one for eight from three in a game the rest of the season. So, certainly a disappointing loss because you don't view the Bulls as that big of a threat, uh, and it is at home. And, and you look to, you know, tomorrow night, and all of a sudden it's at Boston, and Boston looks great, and defending Tatum and defending Brown. Yeah, Boston's pretty Throws damn it out good. Without saying Tatum and Brown last night had 33 and 36 apiece and didn't even play in the fourth quarter. So, that will be quite the challenge tomorrow night, but Again, uh, ineptness from Bally Sports, uh, greater than ineptness from the Pacers.
0: Uh, so what do I do today? Because this is the kind of person I am. Uh, I think during the break, I'm going to find the 1-800 I mean, number and be nice to the people on the other end. But I got to oh, get oh, got to no get a way. credit, don't I? Don't I have to get like a $2 I, I, credit or something for this? I have to.
3: I would <laughs> <Good> be <luck. laughs> shocked if you get a refund. All right, well, that's that what I'll do after the, the show. Of, that's bigger than Fairly Dickinson over Purdue. Is it really? If you're able to get a oh, my refund God. from Bally. They're bankrupt. <laughs> (laughs) (laughs)
0: what do you mean they're going to give you a refund (laughs) they're like hell no we're keeping the $1.90 back back before spectrum was you know living in the louisville area southern indiana you know it it had been like charter and it had been insight remember insight communications you guys remember that at all and if it went down if the internet went down for like five hours you could legit call in and they would give you like a $1.08 credit (laughs) i mean
3: i'd be shocked if you got That. All right, well, we'll we'll,
0: we'll give it a try. By the way, last night, uh, if you look at it, 24 fouls for the Pacers, 67 fouls in three games. That's something preseason. Rick Carlisle, yeah, yeah, he really talked about that. We've seen it a little bit this season, and then last night uh, obviously was one of those. You know I'm keeping track of how many three-pointers, and you know, kind of watching parts of the game, it feels like all their threes were not good threes, and there can be a distinction there. Not everyone is Steph Curry and Clay Thompson. They shot 46 of those. I, I don't know. I think, you know, for me, listen, we have Shane Steichen Sound. He talked about Jonathan Taylor, the running game. What's his message to the locker room So we'll dive into all of that. Uh, is there any part of you, listen, there's no reason to be too frustrated. Uh, there's going to be losses. We understand that. If you pick this Pacer team to win, you know, 42 games or whatever, that means they're going to have 40 losses, right? Like, so we understand there's losing nights in the NBA. Does it give you any pause they lost last night given their 2-1 and one, and one of those wins is, a, you know, a close win against Cleveland who didn't play any of their All-Stars? I think that would be the only kind of apprehension this morning is, and now you go into Boston. Boston, and you're not going to be picked to be Boston, right? So you're, you're you're staring two and
3: two in the face. Well, the, I mean, there's an element of you just play who shows up on your schedule, and obviously the Wizards on opening night, and then Cleveland rest and all those guys, that's just kind of how the schedule has operated. Rick Carlisle, when he joins us here in 45 minutes, you know, there is certainly um, a theme that he has said to us on several occasions of taking advantage of this early start to the season based off schedule, and then after Wednesday night, which is at Boston, when you've got five straight at home, but right. I mean, if you look at some of the opponents that you are going to play later this month, um, yeah, you are at Boston. You have the Bucks coming here next week, back to back against Philadelphia. Which who the know? Who the hell knows what they're going to look like after trading James Harden? Late last night, uh, are Clippers fans happy about that? By the way, <laughs> okay. Well, first of all, they're Clippers fans. There's not many of them. Second of all, no, they're, with they're, they're, or they're never are happy. Are fans happier that they got James Harden? I don't know. I kind of feel is that like a good thing. This is like the ninth time
0: we've done the James Harden joins blank and blank. I, I mean, the Clippers to me, at least James Harden will play basketball. I mean, Paul George and Kawhi Leonard usually don't play basketball. So, I don't know. And maybe Harden can carry them to the postseason because we sure know as hell he ain't going to shine when he get to the postseason. So, I don't know. That doesn't move the needle for me as much as it used to, the whole James Harden thing. Uh,
3: Matthew Stansberry in the YouTube chat's uh, comments here, I find myself wanting to eat KB. Mm-hmm.
4: <laughs> bacon is good. I don't know that's man. worth
3: a flag on the comments or not. I can't say too many people have ever said that to me in my well, life. It's but if I'm going to be fully honest here, you can do anything on YouTube but play Taylor Swift and Metallica songs. Matthew, thank you for that comment. Um, <laughs> happy Halloween to everybody out there. Bundle up to say the least. It is a scrape your car morning, oh, which is man. just an absolute joke. Just, just a that, punch to the gut. Uh, that is what we're dealing with here on Halloween. It is NFL trade deadline day, 4 o'clock coming up. Should the Colts make A move. We did see, I would say quite the move by the New York Giants late yesterday, along with the Seattle Seahawks. And that kind of falls in line with, I think, a lot of where I come from at the trade deadline. We can explain more of that here in a little bit. Again, Rick Carlisle at eight o'clock. The always entertaining Greg Doyle gonna join us at nine. Again, good Tuesday morning to you. The Texas Rangers continue to win away from home. Um, I guess it's what Max Crosby and the Raiders refused to throw the ball to Devontae Adams. Does that kind of sum up what happened last night? Jameer Gibbs was outstanding for the Detroit Lions as the Lions get a win on Monday Night Football. And as we look ahead to Week Nine, it's actually a pretty good slate oh, this week it's in a the great NFL. Slate. So some really good games in Week Nine: with the Colts and Panthers meeting Sunday, four o five kick. From Charlotte. I am Kevin Bowen. He is Andy Sweeney. Mark Dykton on the ones and twos. Good Tuesday morning to you. Kevin James. Kevin, Kevin James. Kevin James. Kevin James on the ones and twos. <laughs> Kevin James and Kevin Bacon. Is that what we're going with here on this Tuesday morning? Thank you for tuning in. It is the wake-up call with KB and Andy right here on 935-1075 the fan.
0: All right, morning check down. I'm a little phlegmy this morning, so if uh, if I hack into the mic. A little phlegm
3: and bacon. A a nothing little... says a good <laughs> breakfast like that. <laughs> That's a good music
0: morning show. Fleming bacon in the mornings.
4: Shock
3: jock. Shock
0: there. jock.
3: I you are, to do you are gutting it out today. Thank you for that.
0: Oh, I mean, uh, you're, you know what? You're welcome, Kevin. You're welcome. We're men around here. We talk sports around here. Not nah, just the weather changes. And you know, you know, you're just feeling off a little bit. And then you know it's 25 degrees. You got scraped a windshield. Oh, brutal. God, just Absolutely kick, brutal. Kicking the you know what. It is going to get up into the flip 50s on and Valley 60s. Sports
3: to really get your mood It going. is
0: working right now. I can see a replay of the St. Louis Blues
4: game last night. Oh, so. I'm glad we're uh, I'm glad we're all locked in we, with that. We were asking in the break like is this like a, a annual like contract situation and this is a Scott Agnes tweet from September 2022. <laughs> Justin Pacers and Bally Sports Indiana have finalized an agreement to continue the
3: partnership with a multi-year deal. Uh, on, I, I, again, this is so much of a league-wide issue sure the Pacers fall into that boat, but why are you partnering with this company when you are trying to attract who is streaming? Primarily younger people, right? So, that sure. is your younger fan base that you are alienating and causing such whatever friction with, frustration, however you want to describe it. Uh, I guess we'll just go right there. Pacers lose last night. Yeah. 112, 105 to the Bulls. Uh, could not defend without fouling. Couldn't hit an open shot. Really, there were some moments I thought third quarter, they got it to like six. They maybe even got it to eight at one point. And I feel like those are those times, Andy, in an NBA game, especially when you're playing a team that, you know, isn't used to winning, which the Bulls aren't, that's your chance to kind of extend it to double figures. Put them away. Pacers cannot do that. Uh, Levine and DeRozan got some favorable switches there in the fourth quarter, and they made the winning plays down the stretch.
0: Yeah, quickly, Rick Carlisle on those fouls again. 24 last night, uh, 67 fouls in three games. Here's what Carlisle, who by the way will join us in 40 minutes, here's what he had to say.
5: I'm mean, i not going to get into a thing with the officials. Don't try to bait me into that. No, I mean... It's just, you know, it's it's just, it's a league now where if you use your hands, you know, you're, you're going to, you're going to, you're going to hear a whistle. And so we've got to avoid those things and uh, we've just, we've got to tighten up coverages and in situations where, you know, they're trying to create switches, there are things we can do to prevent that from happening. So we've got to look at all that.
3: Of course, the Pacers will see that Wednesday night with Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown. A seven thirty tip from Boston. They've been pretty Boston-like throughout the start of this season. Locally, by the way, Trace Jackson Davis, thirteen uh, and nine last night. Yeah, good Got for him. How four about blocks that? As well, uh, played about twenty minutes off the bench. The Warriors absolutely thrashed the Pelicans on the road. Uh, Got to be pretty cool for him. Your first NBA buckets and assist from Chris Paul. Not bad to have a Hall of Famer (laughs) leading the pick and roll with you there. Jane Ivey, 20 points in 19 minutes. Uh, So, nice night for some local action. It's no Game Cups. Uh, it is well <laughs> not to I guess pick on Game never played with Game no, Cubs, no. But Yeah, he yeah, could yeah, have yeah. come
0: back for one more year. Uh, other news in the NBA: James Harden traded in what they're saying is a blockbuster trade. Uh, he's going from the Sixers to the Clippers. Now the Sixers sent Harden, PJ Tucker, and Philip Petrusev to the Clippers for Marcus Morris, Robert Covington, Nick Batoon, KJ Martin, in a 2028 unprotected first-round pick, two second-round picks, and a 2009 pick swap and an additional first-round pick that'll be rerouted from a third team. Make any
3: sense to you, KB? There's (laughs) no way that works out for the Clippers. Westbrook, Harden, Paul George, Kawhi Leonard, there's no way that that works out. There's no way, but I love the 2028 and
0: 2029 picks knowing damn well that none of the people involved are going to be on their respective teams.
3: Not one of them. Uh, World Series last <laughs> night, Rangers continue to win away from home. They are now nine and zero on the road this postseason. Max Scherzer left early in that one. John Gray was outstanding out of the bullpen for the Rangers. They got three runs in the third, and that was enough. Three one winners over the Diamondbacks. So game four tonight from Arizona, 8-0-3 first pitch. We'll join that in progress after trackside, which begins at seven o'clock.
0: Yeah, week eight of the NFL season, a finish completed. Thank God, not a beautiful game last night. The Lions do bounce back 26-14, your final there. Really, it could have been a lot more. Jared Goff threw a pick six. They had some opportunities. They squandered Jimmy Garoppolo back from that back injury, KB. 10 of 21, a buck 26, zero touchdowns in a pick. Their leading receiver for Vegas, Josh Jacobs, two catches, two catches. 27 yards. Uh, The Raiders' offense is disgusting. You mentioned Devontae Adams. I mean, they have a couple guys. Devontae Adams, one catch, 11 yards. Jacoby Myers, one catch, 19 yards. Two guys that you look at in the NFL trade deadline that absolutely, uh, I would say, should be moved, but are names to watch, even though I doubt they both get moved.
3: I should have ironed this bacon a little bit better. The the fringes of it really creeping into my left eye. I, I don't remember this in years past. What'd you guys think of the uh, Lions helmets? I I uh, was a, I liked the colored I, uh, the color scheme of it. Uh, didn't re- the logo threw me off? It, it was collegiate, kind of an Indiana State look.
0: <laughs> I don't know why. Must fight have loved fight, it, fight. Yeah. the sycamores. Yeah, the sycamores. was fine. I'm fine with. I'm fine. Like the lions to me don't have a uniform where I'm like I remember you know Barry Sanders running in 1987 on Thanksgiving. Like I'm not too worried about it. To me, they can wear whatever they
3: want. You think Dan Campbell's a Halloween guy?
0: Uh, I think Dan Campbell is absolutely a Halloween guy. I was thinking like, would it be good sprinkling in like what we think? Uh, NFL guys dress up as like Dan Campbell. What does he dress up as?
3: I could see him either being one of two ways. One doesn't believe in Halloween whatsoever, locks really? himself in his house, wants no part of it. Or two, he circles this day on the calendar more than any yeah, other. Yeah, I, I think I he's our latter.
0: Yeah, so so I absolutely am as well. I could see him as the big
3: dude in Happy Gilmore.
0: I did love that yesterday. With the nail in his head. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, I don't kill people, or what's it guns don't
3: kill people? People kill people. I, think I that's believe the that's shirt. Mr.
0: Gilmore's. <laughs> that's a shirt that. Has on, I don't know. Like yesterday, the Michigan media tried to get the haha stuff from Harbaugh, and I'm like, yeah, it's not quite hitting this year with all his cheating and uh, no contract on the table for Michigan. It's not, it's not the same fun Harbaugh running house to house with multiple costumes so you can get more I candy forgot about Harbaugh yeah, on Halloween. That's not playing well this
4: year. You might want to skip that one until next season. Dan Campbell's probably sitting on his porch with the bowl of candy, waiting to scare the hell out of some kids.
3: Yes, again, yeah. I, I kind of think it is the the latter on that. All right, any regret from Shane Steichen over the Jonathan Taylor usage from Sunday? We'll play that audio coming up. Again, NFL trade deadline at 4 o'clock today. Should the Colts be active? If so, in what ways? Rick Carlisle, 8 o'clock. Greg Doyle, 9 o'clock. Happy Halloween, everybody. It's chilly.
2: Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclib 200 milligrams at K-I-S-Q-A-L-I.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you.
0: All right, here's a Halloween one for you. Who, who looks like they dress up like Ken from Ken and Barbie? Jimmy Garoppolo or Will Levis? God,
6: I
3: thought you were going to say Jimmy <laughs> Cook there for a second. <laughs>
6: Be
4: good.
3: Jimmy Garoppolo already kind of looks like a Ken doll. Hey, it's yeah, gotta a be handsome it man. Levis has got a little bit more of the hair. But for, Levis for, has for, the hair Ken that's the reason I brought it Garoppolo, up. But Garoppolo
0: yeah. is like he knows that he's beautiful. Right? Like, he's ready to take the shirt off and show abs at any moment, I guess, is kind of the thing. Which, if I look like that, I probably would do the same thing. I probably would do the same thing uh, as well. All right, Rick Carlisle going to join us. Wake up call, hanging out with you until 10 o'clock today. Reminder, take us anywhere, 1075thefan.com, or download the absolutely free app. Carlisle at the top of the 8 o'clock hour. Greg Doyle from the Indianapolis Star coming your way at 9 o'clock as well. We'll dive into some of this Shane Steichen sound. Just quickly, any of these NFL nuggets uh, raise your eyebrow, I guess. Do, do, do they make you think long and hard? Uh, Jameis Winston, potentially the Minnesota Vikings. That is something to watch as Kirk Cousins. You know, they were a couple weeks ago they were supposed to trade Cousins to the Jets or somebody else, and they've won some games here, including this past weekend. So interest in Jameis Winston. The Giants trade Leonard Williams to the Seahawks for a 2-5, and a five, which is unbelievable. Yeah, can we, can we focus Gotta on be that happy. one? Gotta be happy
3: there if you're a Giants fan. Yeah, let's hit on that one for for just a second because obviously you certainly know about Leonard Williams being a Giants fan uh, but I think league-wide I'm not sure how much this resonates this is the sort of deal Andy that I feel like if I am the Colts, this is where you gotta be honest with yourself today Um, I don't know if there's a Leonard Williams equivalent on the Colts roster, let me be clear, based off age, salary those sorts of things, but You look at Leonard Williams, former top ten pick, uh, 29 years old. Uh, The Giants are two and six on the year. Uh, They've you know lost their quarterback for X amount of games. Although it sounds like Daniel Jones could be back potentially this week. Uh, They trade him to Seattle, five and two. A team that at Pete Carroll's age, they probably view themselves in you know very much a win now type of mode. You know Smith's age, et cetera, et cetera. They lead the NFC West right now. They're technically above San Francisco in the NFC West. And what does the Giants get in return? They eat a good amount of Leonard Williams' contract.
0: Well, th- that's the key here. Is boy, that's flemmy. Hang on, boy, that was really flemmy. They have ten million dollars. Does Leonard have on his contract? And they're eating the rest of that. They already budgeted for it.
3: Nothing like driving to work this morning, boy. That boy, was that, really flemmy. That, that was really flemmy. I uh, gutting it out today. I mean, someone, thousands
0: of people got to be flemmy like someone I am. Sent me a gift it's Thirty of- degrees out.
3: Uh, the Byron Leftwitch being carried to the <laughs> no. line of scrimmage. It, no. That was that's Mark and I with you. No, huh, that's today? not. Uh, while funny, no. I've always loved that gif. I, I do, too, but I'm more Like, of, in the social media age, that thing would have blown up even more. Maybe the uh,
4: Paul Pierce coming out of the wheelchair. No, no, the no, no. <laughs>
3: I don't know if we're quite there But people yeah.
0: like like Witch and they don't like Paul Pierce for a myriad of reasons. Very fair. Uh, ESPN and everything else. I don't know. Like, to me, I'm one of those guys, though, if I feel we're in an odd spot, if I'm sick and I'm bad, I'm not going to be at work, because I
3: don't want to get you sick.
0: I don't want to get fair. your kid sick. I don't want to get Mark and his family. That's you know, why I'm wearing Mark this bacon
3: costume, and I'm trying to... Uh, here, let me get it over my nose to <laughs> see if I can block out any germs here. Uh, okay, so they get, the Giants eat the contract. Gosh, it continues to get into my eyes, all this bacon. Uh, they get a second-round pick for next year and a fifth-rounder in 2025 right. back. Um, again, a large majority of why they get that draft capital back is because they're eating so much of the Leonard Williams contract. And again, this to me makes so much sense of a team that is out, of the playoff picture for this season and all likelihood out of it. They give up a guy that um, is probably not going to be part of their future plans and they are going to get in return a really nice draft haul. Now, I don't think there's that big of an equivalent on the Colts roster, but when you start looking at the free agents coming up for 2024 and I'll just rattle off some of the Colts free agents that you're going to have to make decisions on here this season. Uh, obviously, the big one on offense would be Michael Pittman, uh, Grover Stewart, Kenny Moore, Julian Blackman, Zach Moss, Gardner Minshew. That's probably where it stops in terms of a draft pick or two you could get back for some or you know any of those players. But when you look at those names, Pittman, Grover, Kenny, Julian Blackman, Zach Moss, Gardner Minshew, are any of those guys – you view as not likely to return. And if that's the case, then I'm making calls today. And I'm saying, hello, desperate team. Hello, Seattle. Hello, Detroit. Hello, Miami. Uh, Philadelphia. Whoever these other win-now teams are and say, would you like this guy? Slash, what would be compensation for that? Um, I think it's difficult to get all the way to the finish line and make those deals happen. We've only seen one. Uh, in the Chris Ballard era, and that was Naeem Hines, I think, really wanting out this time last year. But look what you got in return for Hines. I mean, you got Zach Moss and a pick that turned into Will Mallory. That's decent. So that's what I would be doing here between now 4 o'clock.
0: Now, obviously, I would look at Grover Stewart. Uh, you know, he would be the one. He has a cap hit of 7-2. Leonard Williams, the Giants ate about $10 million. Uh, the You know, the similarities are there. The Giants figured out that they're now out of it. The way they played against the Jets, losing to the Bills, those two games put a stake in their season. I would ask Colts fans and, you know, it's something I want to bring up today at some point, do you feel the same uh, at 3-5 and five, that there's clarity here that you know you're not going 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 to be a you know, I would say a playoff team. Now we can dive into can you get to five and five and can you dig yourself out? Um, but you know, I will say Seattle things have changed for them. The Niners have lost three in a row, KB. That's a big deal. I mean, Seattle wakes up today, aren't they in first place in the NFC West? I mean, so that's a that's kind of a big deal. And I think also this is something you mentioned yesterday. If you have, and I think the Colts we came up with, the only name we could think of would be Nick Cross, correct? That is there a young player that is ready to play? In other words, you having a Leonard Williams, if you're the Giants, they have a couple young defensive linemen they want to see and they paid massive money to another interior defensive lineman in Dexter Lawrence. So, you know, maybe there's a similarity that even though Buckner's not making what Lawrence is making, that those you guys are guys there in the interior of a defensive line that you know are going to be playing a lot of these snaps they're they're focal points if you will of the defense I just don't know if he wanted to move Grover Stewart and with his suspension it ain't happening but if he weren't suspended is there somebody else there defensive line that you would want to see and after watching the game this past weekend the
3: answer would probably be no yeah and again rattling off those names Andy I just don't see having the ability to re-sign all of them Uh, because they all are, I think, of interest, either here or elsewhere. Um, Certainly, they're not all of the same value, but I think it'd be difficult to bring all of them back. And I brought up before. I just don't want to see the Colts fall into the Bobby Okereke situation from this time last year, where you have a guy that on Halloween last year, whenever the trade deadline was, that you never viewed him as, oh yeah, he's going to return. I mean, the Colts have too much money and had too much money bottled up at linebacker. O'Kara was never going to be a serious re-signed candidate. Therefore, boom, he joins your Giants and you get no return for him. So that's how I view it. 3-5, and five, you've lost three straight, you're in 13th place in the AFC. Sure, the schedule's manageable, but it's wishful thinking to sit here right now and be like, oh, Colts are going to win 5-6 of and they're going to get right back into the playoff picture. So I think you just have to be honest with yourself. I'm not holding my breath for the Colts well, to, to, to yeah. do this. I, I want to make that very clear. Yeah. Chris I'm not either. is stubborn, and I see him viewing Shane Steichen's first season as, yeah, you know I don't want to ruffle any of the potential culture that Shane's trying to build, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So I, I think that will be the route uh, that it ends up going. But again, in my opinion, you've got to look long and hard. Because as you look to next year's draft, Andy, you've got seven picks. You've got all of your normal picks. Uh, Right now, if the draft started today, you'd be drafting seventh overall. I think we all believe by the end of the year, the Colts are probably not going to be seventh. I, I think they'd be a little bit more in the middle of round one, or I should say closer to the middle. So if you want to wheel and deal, if you want to try and, you know, whatever, assemble some sort of trade package to move up this would be a time that you view as an opportunity to try and add another pick or two. You know, Ballard has done a really nice job in his draft history of oftentimes going into drafts with additional picks. He does not have that luxury right now in 2024, so that is something that I would Okay, so
0: what is the reaction? Because we're going to have Greg Doyle at 9 o'clock and he wrote, hey, if the uh, you know, this is his, I don't say shtick, but this is what his kind of verbiage that he uses. If the grown-ups were running the Colts, then they would move some of these people. Uh, you were being nicer by a little bit more bedside manner saying, hey, you really need to look. If you're not going to sign any of these guys, you're already a 3-5 and five football team that, I mean, for all intents and purposes is not going to be making a post- season run then then why don't you move some of these guys what's the reaction you know later on today tomorrow when we wobble in here kb not wearing a bacon outfit and hopefully i feel better and mark's not you know dressed up like king of the there for that uh, well like what's the what what is it, it i don't know is it is it frustration is it anger well is it uh, hey we're still trying to win some games here so we need to keep kenny more i mean look at the defensive backfield what is it exactly yeah,
3: i think if you're honest with yourself You'll realize it's the best move for this franchise moving forward. Having said that, you can be frustrated in the present because, Andy, it's another admittance that this is where you're at as a franchise. Right. You know, someone who was talking about, you know, cornerback issue for the Colts yesterday and, you know, where does this stem from? And, and I'm like, it stems from Stefan Gilmore saying to the Colts last offseason, and I'm paraphrasing here, but he pretty much said it hey, you guys aren't going to be good next year. You're going to be in a rebuild. I don't want to be a part of that. I'm 32 years old. I want to be on a win-now team that can make a legit playoff run, and you guys ain't it. So I don't want to be here. That's the harsh reality of where you're at as a franchise, of through... Eight games, this is trending towards you're now approaching a decade without winning a very lowly division. You now are approaching, what, seven years with just one playoff win in the Ballard era. That's the harsh reality. So, again, I think you can sit here and say it's probably the best thing for the team moving forward because Anthony Richardson's out for the year. This season was never going to be about... You know, necessarily Richardson leading them to whatever, 10, 11 wins, and you're a serious playoff contender. Um, so that's why I think you can, okay, I see where they're coming from, but at the same time, we're not used to, in this market, the Colts being in this sort of situation. Right. And so I think that's where the frustration stems from as well. Uh, got this tweet here, and I hope I'm pronouncing the name right, Uh, is Wally Uh, thanks to Bally Sports I had to watch the Pacers (laughs) with my son last night on a, and and he has this in quotes, a special website where every 10 minutes a porn ad would pop up. (laughs) Okay, so I was going to ask, uh, you
4: know That's quite the night for you and your son. uh, That's an interesting conversation. See what Halliburton did right there? Oh, hold on a Uh second. (laughs) I guess you're
3: educating a lot there and honestly probably more entertainment than trying to watch the Pacers guard without fouling are we trying to are, are we allowed to talk about illegal european feeds in which to find the
0: pacers uh, it, it's just like you know we're paying what is it, nineteen ninety five a month. That's, t- that's twenty 90- bucks a month. That's I mean, a lot. That
3: is an expensive streaming service. Peacock
0: is six dollars. I mean, Apple T V is five, six bucks. I mean, you know, Netflix is ten dollars. And Just- we're watching one thing on Bally. Like we're not watching yeah, Netflix, blues.
3: you are watching whatever, a handful of things sure. each month long. Uh it is an utter joke that the NBA, and again, this is more more than half the league partners with Bally that this is the product that they choose to partner with to air and stream their games when it's not something that's on you know, very common cable services. And so the streaming is where you have to go. And for those that are just waking up and either didn't watch the Pacers last night or for some reason they've got cable and they didn't run into this issue, if you have the Bally Sports app, you were not able to watch the Pacers last night due to some bull, I don't even know what the help message said.
0: Well, I, there were two of them. Uh, you couldn't log in. And then I actually did get logged in. Then it tells you, and I know people, I saw this last night on Twitter, or X, excuse me. Uh, they were like, now it's telling me my internet's not good enough. I need to check my yeah, <laughs> internet I had to, connection. They said that I
3: didn't have the proper, uh, whatever, iOS on my phone to uh, download the Bally app. So I update my phone which, you know, it feels like a bomb's going off at times in your house. So I update the phone, <laughs> re-download the Bally app to see if, you know, it was more of a user error. Do you think that worked? No. Are you a guy that's scared of the updates on the uh, Apple iPhone? I, I, Ryan Bowen, my older brother, is, and so he's yeah. kind of, you know, I guess put a little <laughs> of that on me. Usually I just do the automatic update and really don't think twice about it, but lately I have. Like, oh, you, yeah. see how, you see how the time's like so much oh, bigger yeah. than it used to be? I'm like, well, that's kind of... I pop yeah, so Dad,
4: what does it mean that there's hot singles in my area? Well, son, that's just a pop-up pad we got to get rid of.
3: <laughs> I lived spell in... those letters. M-I-L. <laughs> what is, it? is that? An E or an F? Well, what's that last
0: letter here? They're, they're just plain. It's just Halloween. They're yeah, just dressed exactly. up and dressed uh-huh. down for Halloween. Right. Why Roll- is that realtor doing that? Yeah, the Pacers struggled with their role plays
3: <laughs> last night, and I would say, yeah, at least you saw that. That kid
0: will never look at a pizza delivery guy the same way. <laughs> <laughs> now, Tony, ha- how about this
3: one here from Tony? Uh, Tony said he was on hold with Bally for 60 minutes last night. Lord heavens. And got absolutely zero help. Tony deserves king-size candy bars out the wazoo for that effort last night. It's a good job, but you didn't even get the credit of $1.19. You Uh, just stayed on hold. Any trade, you think, for the Colts today? uh, I don't think so. Nothing substantial. Buy or sell. Do do they go make a cornerback move? Are you trading a fifth-round pick for a corner? I think there's almost a better chance we see that than them unloading somebody. Yeah, it would. I
0: don't know. I guess one thing I was going to bring up, and we'll get to this Dyken sound, is, I mean, I don't know. The only positive, and I brought it up yesterday... Do the Colts kind of feel like they can get to 5-5? Five and five. And I want to talk about this as we go. Maybe at eight 30 we'll do that. Like, I don't know. Carolina's bad. I mean, you know, they've lost to the Saints and they've lost to the Browns at home. And hell, you could even throw in the Rams. But all three of those teams aren't bad teams. I mean, Cleveland has been, you know, for many weeks here this season, considered a postseason team. And I think the Rams are a team that can win 8-9. I mean, the Rams, are, to me, aren't going To be a playoff team, but if you told me they were playing games where they were in the hunt, you know, later in the year, that's not surprising at all. Uh, And then you look at, I mean, you look at the Saints, and they're probably about the same. They'll be a team in the hunt, but they won't make the postseason. I I don't know. I just kind of feel like the next two teams. Carolina and New England, KB, That that's not this. Like, if they lose to Carolina on Sunday, and they ever back that up with losing, and I know it's Belichick and everything else, and they back that up with the loss to the Patriots, who are losing by double figures to everyone seemingly but Buffalo a couple weeks ago, like, to me, that's a different level of DEFCON. Does that make sense? Losing to a 500 Saints team or losing to a team that's what? What's Carolina? 1-8? One and seven, one and eight on the year. Those, man, those are two different things that we're talking about here. So I don't know. I mean, maybe you talk about them buying, they feel like hell. We can get to five and five. It's a winnable schedule still. But if nothing else, we're in the business of winning games. The only thing I would say, much like Zach Moss, if they get anybody, it's got to be someone who has another gear on that contract. Well, it's, it's obviously not going to be a rental.
3: And again, I guess that's kind of the happy medium that you can find. And, and I apologize because I probably haven't done as good of a job. Of this is, you know, oftentimes you only group teams into are you a buyer or are you a seller, and like in a way, look at what the Titans did last week. The Titans traded away Kevin Byard, one of their better older defenders who's really been kind of a franchise stalwart for them. In return, they got a safety in, in uh, Terrell Edmonds, who's four years younger and has pretty much been a starter throughout the NFL, and they also got a couple draft picks. So they they kind of did the hey we're going to sell, but we're also going to get something in return of a guy that at least has a couple of years of younger age slash contract security, and then also get the draft picks. Which, again, you can kind of look at the Naheem Hines trade last year, and the Colts did right. a little bit of that, whether it is the draft pick that turned into Will Mallory or it's Zach Moss with two years left on that deal. So, again, is that something that the Colts do? Of If you trade it away... Let's just throw it out there. If you traded Buckner, right for example, if you get somebody in return that has a couple of years left that was, you know, whatever, a second round pick that hasn't worked out in his first home Then, all of a sudden, you aren't totally selling. You're kind of kicking the tires on somebody. uh, And then, obviously, you would hope to get a draft pick or two in return of that deal as well. So, again, in the Chris Ballard era, we have not seen moves like this. Uh, Last year was the first and only in-season trade he has made in his now seven years as general manager. So, I wouldn't say hold your breath for it. Uh, but I do think the Giants did something yesterday that makes some sense for teams that I think are honest with themselves and realizing the playoffs are unlikely this year.
0: Yeah, and they basically, by paying the rest of the salary, they bought draft picks, which, if you're a rebuilding team, I have absolutely no problem with doing. Now, Washington, they're still trying to move. Montres Sweat, Chase Young, perhaps, is going to be out there. I still don't understand why some of these teams don't make a move. I, I just don't understand. Stand, whether it be Devontae Adams, who I kind of want to get to later, Josh Jacobs, Saquon Barkley. I mean, some of these big names, I, to me, it's—you know, Leonard Williams is a sizable name, okay? He absolutely is. And I guess if Jameis Winston went to the Vikings, he's been a backup. Um, you know, I, I don't know, Carr gets so injured there with the Saints that, to me, you would want... It's a lot like the Zach Moss stuff. Uh, you know, running backs get injured. It's fine if you move on from Zach Moss. But you know what's going to happen as soon as you move on from, you know, Zach Moss, you're going to be two games in and Jonathan Taylor is going to be injured. Uh, do you want to move to Jonathan Taylor and that yes, stuff? Yes. Yeah, okay.
3: let, let's play this psychic All right, so
0: there's two. The first one, let's play, is from the round table, which you heard right here on the fan last night. Always a great listen. Shane Steichen talking about a lack of running game in the second half.
7: Yeah, I think, you know, to start the third quarter, you know, we had the two back backed up the first one was you know on the minus 14 and and uh weren't able to do much with it there um and then we were backed up on the minus two or minus three and and popped some big runs and then we had the turnover and got into the fourth quarter you know down two scores start the fourth quarter um could have popped a run in there too um but you know thought you felt good about the pass game in that situation and then when we got you know we didn't do anything with it on that first drive in the fourth quarter and then you know you, i think there's seven or eight minutes left on the clock uh when we got the ball back two scores and uh just trying to push the ball down the field.
0: And the second one, this is on Jonathan Taylor's usage. This is with you guys in the media yesterday. Jonathan Taylor used just one run, one reception in the second half.
7: Yeah, you know, he had the big first half, and then looking back at the second half, watching the tape last night, and again this morning, you know, we started, you know, backed up there on the 14, had the one run with him, you know, got to a second and nine, had a false start, went to second and 14, uh, you know, threw it there, got to third down, and then Didn't convert, and then we got it backed up again. And what was Zach in that next series, you know, and he popped the one run, and then we, uh, you know, we got the, you know, Mo Alley-Cox over the ball to get the first, and then he popped the run, and then got the third down uh, where he popped the big one. And then we went on the ball tempo uh, there, so didn't sub there. uh, And then we had the turnover uh, there, the interception. Uh, And then when we got in the fourth quarter, you know, we were down two scores there. Could there have been an opportunity, you know, for a run there? Yeah, absolutely. Um, So... You know, just always self-evaluating everything, uh, and we'll continue to do
3: that. You know, Shane Seiken said something yesterday, Andy, about writing the hot hand. Um, You know, I was asking him, you know, how do you control running back playing time? And basically what Shane was saying is DeAndre Smith, the running back's coach, uh, he is in charge of running back playing time within a game, but Shane tags certain plays for Taylor and Moss throughout the week, and also... Uh, You know, If Shane wants to, he can obviously overrule him. DeAndre Smith is right there on the sidelines with Shane Steichen. Um, To me, when I hear the phrase, ride the hot hand, Jonathan Taylor in that first (laughs) quarter yesterday, or on Sunday, had 82 yards. Uh, It is one of, if not the greatest first quarters that, frankly, any Colts running back has ever had, let alone Jonathan Taylor in his career. Uh, That screams hot hand to me. And in the second half, Jonathan Taylor has one carry, one catch, and you score seven points. I think it's important to throw that in there. It's not like your offense was producing points consistently or moving the ball through the air. This is not last week against Cleveland. You didn't have
0: 38 points without Jonathan Taylor. This is
3: not, and again, I know that Michael Pittman didn't mean this, but this is not Michael Pittman being upset, and then you can counter and be like, dude, you guys scored and you guys moved it. This is Jonathan Taylor, in my opinion, should be upset, even though he's not. And you didn't score. And you didn't really move it. Uh, and the Colts only had one drive. They were down two scores. I, th- that's what from, I was going to say. It's, Sunday. Sunday. Like, it's just not true. Yeah. yeah, and I just got the general vibe from Shane. I don't know if those two clips paint the best picture of it. But I think for those that either watched or listened to the show last night or you know, listened to his press conference with us, I got the general vibe he does not have too much regret over the lack of Either Taylor usage, total agreement, or running back commitment, and total that's agreement. where I don't follow it. One thousand, I don't walk away from it and think. Uh, That explanation makes a little bit more sense. To me, it's just as head-scratching as it was this time yesterday.
0: Okay, so let me ask you this. And this is probably, listen, we have two minutes in this segment. This might be a bigger kind of conversation piece. I I think there's two things for me. Number one, I'm going to go through tonight and kind of look at what Steichen... What he did calling plays for the Eagles and then slash the Colts. When Anthony Richardson was the quarterback here, and I know that's a terrible thing to say, when he was healthy, it felt like there was going to be a premium on running the football. And I guess that Steichen just thinking of, hey, I have Anthony Richardson here. Because ever since Gardner Minshew became the quarterback, I feel like the thought process has been, yo, we got to throw it around the yard, right? Don't you feel like it? the... Don't you feel like it's changed a little bit that with Minshew, he wants to throw the ball in the 40s? Yeah. And I feel with Richardson, Richardson would have thrown the ball in the mid to high 20s, and you would have ran the football more. I, I don't know if he just doesn't feel – like, what did he do in Philadelphia? Because he had good running backs there, and right now he's got Taylor and Moss. He's got very good running backs here
3: as well. Does that yeah, make sense? Yeah, it does. Well, it does, and it doesn't. It, it does what you're saying, but it doesn't when you're trying to justify what seconds doing it's such like blind faith in a backup quarterback where I don't think any of us ever considered the Colts' passing game a strength, and it wasn't on Sunday. I mean, five yards per attempt, just over that, some fifty percent completion percentage. Those are very poor numbers for the passing game. Obviously, you had the critical turnover there late in the third quarter. Um, you know, he said that they went tempo after the Zach Moss big run. To me, I thought that was a great opportunity. As soon as Moss's you know, done scampering 40-some yards, uh, that's a great opportunity to then throw Taylor in the game. And you have a, cr- a quick substitution Total there. Total agreement. Yes, the Saints can sub, but it's not like they're going to all of a sudden be, oh yeah, we're, we're stopping the run 1,000%. That lets Taylor all of a sudden get back into the game and create a little bit of the first quarter uh, sort of production that he had. Alright, on the other side, Rick Carlisle is going to join us. You hear him every Tuesday with us. We'll chat with Rick about last night loss to the bulls and a variety of topics and then greg doyle coming up at nine o'clock happy halloween everybody out there thank you for
2: life is so much more than a diagnosis it's about sharing time with those you love hanging with friends who lift you up and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy all hits no skips learn more about cascali ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if cascali is right for you so long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between.
3: Tune It's a wake-up call with KB and Andy. Yeah, 8 o'clock hour hanging
0: out with you, drivehubler.com studios. Reminder: Game 4 World Series. We'll join that in pra- uh, progress tonight after trackside at about 9 o'clock or so. So you won't miss any of that. Home of the World Series right here on the fan. So cannot wait for that. Pacers-Celtics Wednesday, our coverage here on the fan beginning at 7 o'clock. All right, Rick Carlisle joins us, head coach of the Pacers. He joins us on the Payless Liquors Hotline. Coach, 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 happy Halloween. Good morning. How are you?
8: I'm all right. How are you guys doing?
0: Uh, We're doing fantastic. I know you can't see this, but uh, Kevin Bowen is dressed up like a piece of bacon today. So that's what he decided to do today. He's dressed up like
3: bacon, Coach.
8: (laughs) Yeah. Okay.
3: (laughs) Not sure it's one of my... Well, that's who's interviewing you, a piece of bacon. Not sure it's one of my finer moments, Coach, (laughs) but nonetheless, Uh, (laughs) thanks for joining us here. (laughs)
8: I've had I've had worse interviews. I'm sure. <laughs> I,
3: I am sure you have. Oh God, I'm glad I'm clearing. I'm sure you that, have. probably a very low bar here on this Tuesday morning. Uh, as you look back on last night, uh, Coach, you seemed kind of a variety of things. Whether it was defending without fouling, frankly, just kind of missing some open shots, not getting the game at maybe the pace you would like. What what stood out to you about last night?
8: Well, there was a period in the third quarter where we had. We had it to eight points. We had an eight-point lead, and there were four possessions in a row where we just came up empty. We had a couple of bad miscues. We had a couple of pretty good looks that we missed. And one of the keys about winning in the NBA, as I'm sure it's um, very similar in the NFL, is having as big a lead as you can headed into the fourth quarter. And so you know, we still went into the fourth with a five-point lead, but it could have been, you know, it could have been seven or eight or nine and, you know, every point counts. So that was a big part of it. You know, you, I think you mentioned the fouling and, and uh, you know, our shooting wasn't great. And uh, I think a lot of this you got to give credit to Chicago. They just they played a very physical Hard fought game. I thought our team played very hard as well, um, but they played better. And so, you know, we got some work to do.
3: Obviously, tomorrow night, Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, that speaks for itself, especially with what those two did last night, both over 30 and just three quarters. But as you look back to last night with DeMar DeRozan and Zach Levine, I'm curious, do you fall a little bit more on the encourage meter, like you held them to 12 of 36? I mean, that's, that's a great night from a defensive standpoint. Or do you fall on the, we can't let those two guys get to the foul line 19 times combined, where they made 18 of those 19?
8: Yeah, probably, probably some of both. And uh, I mean, another encouraging thing about last night was that we got off to a much better start in the game. Uh, the first two games, you know, we we given up uh, huge offensive numbers to the opponent. Um, last night, you know, it was it was very very much back and forth. It was uh, a much more manageable defensive number, and we came out of the first quarter up three. So. You know, that was that was a good sign, but um you know the, the fouling has been it's just been an ongoing theme and it's just something we gotta we gotta keep working on. I mean there were there were plays in the fourth quarter where, you know, we just made some some just poor judgment mistakes. Uh, you know, we we grabbed the jersey of DeRozan once or twice in front of the referee and you know, that's just gonna be an automatic foul and then the bonus and um Yo, know, we just got to clean
0: that stuff up. Rick Carlisle with us on the Pay Less Liquors Hotline. You mentioned the fouls. That's what I was going to ask as a follow-up. 67 fouls in three games. Those are just the numbers. I think last night, I think 24 was the number. How do you clean that up? Is it attention to detail? Um, is it film study, kind of knowing what the other guy is going to do? What is it? What are you trying to instill in the guys so they don't do this as much, I guess?
8: Well... NBA defense is such a game of inches and you're, you're, positioning with your footwork, you're positioning with your hands. Um, if there's a screen coming, the position of the player defending the man setting the screen, I mean, there's such a level of precision to be able to navigate that stuff and, and avoid, you know, the, the onslaught of fouls. So. um, you know, we just got to keep working on it. You know, I showed the guys a film before the game last night of 12 plays in the Cleveland game where we gave up a total of 29 points. You know, because our our attention to detail was not what it should have been, and you know, we got we we were fortunate in Cleveland. I mean, um, they were without a couple of their star players, and you know. Um, and we had a really rough start in that one, but we're able to, you know, get the wheels back on the wagon. Our, our second unit played great, and, and Tyrese was was brilliant down the stretch. But the, these are going to be, you know, things that we continue to have to work on and recognize and do better with.
3: Rick Carlisle joining us here on the Payless Lakers Hotline. Pacers fall to the Bulls last night, two and one on the year. At Boston, coming up tomorrow night Uh, coach I want to go back to Friday if you don't mind or I guess Thursday maybe and signing that contract extension obviously our first conversation with you since that Um, if you look at your kind of second stint here is this what you thought it would be did you walk into it thinking it would be kind of this rebuild that it's turned into and obviously this year now uh, certainly much more of I think a kind of a winning playoff focus from so many inside and outside of the organization
8: well, good question. Uh, obviously, no, it didn't appear that way. But you never know. I mean, you never know exactly what you're getting into. Um, and, you know, there was clearly a lot of work to be done. Um, the roster needed to be revamped. And um, you know, we found out in the first two months that, you know, the there were just things about the dynamics of the roster that, that weren't working. And um, so, you know, Kevin and Chad went to work. Um, you know, we were able to do the deal for uh, Domas, you know, for uh, for Tyrese. And, you know, that's been a great deal for both franchises. Um, you know, Buddy's been a terrific acquisition. And, you know, we really felt that in today's game, we need to get as much shooting as possible, and if you get a chance to acquire a franchise point guard in his early twenties, that, that that's something that would be important too. And then from there, you know, it's just it's just been all about developing talent and developing players. And you know, the, the first couple of years, um, you know, it, it has been just that. I mean, there have been times, uh, a lot of times, where we, we have just played guys to develop them. Um, you know, this year we, is a different year. And so um, we're, we're in much more of a merit-based uh, mode of, of playing time, rotation, that kind of stuff. And, um, and obviously expectations have increased. So that's what you want. You know, you want to be in a situation where you feel like you have a chance every night to win. Um, we, we feel like the roster is... You know, significantly better than it was certainly last year, and certainly definitely a couple of years ago.
5: Um,
8: but like the NFL, um, the NBA operates with very slim margins, and uh, so you know we're we're working in those areas uh, to try to gain as many small edges as we can. Um, but the parity in, in the NBA has never been better, <clears throat> and that creates really massive challenges in every game you play.
0: Rick Carlisle with us here on The Fan. Who has stood out? Maybe let's move Tyrese uh, aside. Who has stood out to you? I know it's just three games, a couple exhibition games. As someone who you think's game has really got better, maybe from last year to this year, who would that be early on in this season in the first week or so? Anybody? Well,
8: I think a guy that has... Uh, drawing a lot of conversation on that uh, that area is Jalen Smith. And, you know, he really devoted his uh, entire summer to getting stronger, to getting more entrenched as a full-time five-man. You know, he came to us as a guy that had an opportunity to to play the four when we first got here. Um, He started for 27 or 28 games and just decided that you know we we needed to do something a little different at four and so uh from that point you know he just kind of revamped his approach it was a little bit of an up and down season last year you know the last 30 games I thought he was terrific always ready to play etc cetera, etc cetera. and then this summer he just solidified it even more and really outright won the backup center mm-hmm. spot and um has played has played extremely well and played well last night too before he got banged up and and we're we hope that this is not anything serious. He was available to go back in the game um, in the fourth, but uh, but we'll see where he is uh, where he is this morning. Um, and, uh, and you know that's that's kind of where we are. Like I and the other guy I like uh, I, I like Ben Mather and and what he's done. <clears throat> you know his, his numbers aren't. Super gaudy right now uh, offensively, but his his uh, development at the defensive end um, and his effort and his you know attention to detail has gotten so much better. Um, and as you as you saw last night, you know if you watch the game in the second half, uh, foul trouble got him took him out of the game and. That hurt us because he was a guy that, you know, when we made that little run to get up six or eight, um, got to the rim a couple times, got got fouled, et cetera. So, uh, those are a couple guys, but, you know, I I love the roster, top to bottom. Um, You know, we have great guys, and last night was tough, but uh, we'll regroup today, and we got another opportunity tomorrow night in Boston.
3: Again, Rick Carlisle is with us as he said pace was off to Boston a little bit later today it's 7.30 tip tomorrow night against the undefeated Celtics I want to go back to Saturday in Cleveland coach uh, obviously your second unit was so so good in that game Aaron E. Smith TJ McConnell especially we've seen McConnell out of the rotation games 1 and 3 in it in game 2 how much is that kind of matchup based and how much of that is just in game feel of I, I, I think this is a McConnell night or we need the McConnell, insert energy, whatever word you want to use here to get us going.
8: Yeah, this is a this is a really good question. It's a really uh, tough answer. You know, it's it is a feel thing. Uh, You know, it's an inexact science. Um, Pretty pretty obvious in Cleveland that you know when we're down fifteen. Six or seven minutes into the game, that that we we need some kind of X factor in the game. And uh, last night, um, it was a consideration in the first quarter, but we were playing much better. And uh, to me, it was just it was a gut call that you know that I had to make. I thought early in the game, um, with a guy like him, you know, if you're gonna if if you're gonna play him, you want to. Uh, play him as early in the game as possible just out of respect to him and the situation, but this is this is a gut-wrencher. You know, I mean, on an every-night basis, um, you know, the guys that are playing in front of him are all terrific players. It's um, <laughs> Not that he's not one of our nine best players. Sometimes it just has to do with the structure of the roster <clears throat> and those kinds of things, but all that said, um, nothing's been completely, utterly, entirely determined uh, with his situation or anything with the, with the rotation, and it's you know it's it's an ongoing you know set of challenges.
0: Rick Carlisle with us. Last one for me, coach, and we always appreciate the time. Uh, Obviously, very busy. The game last night, travel today, Celtics tomorrow. I mean, you look at Boston, we know Jalen Brown, we know Jason Tatum, two guys that really make that team go. Hell, I could throw in Derek White, and there's many others, but Porzingis is new to this team. He's had a fantastic start. Drew Holiday obviously traded there right before the season started. So uh, tell us what you have seen with the Celtics, and then how are they different with Porzingis and Drew Holiday, and I understand it's just, you know, three games early on here.
8: Yeah, I mean, they're undefeated. Um, they handled Washington pretty easily last night. Um, you know, it's a great roster. It's, uh, you know, if you look at their, their roster and the matchups, <laughs> you know, it's, it's, it can be pretty daunting. Um, you know, for us, we, we've got a... Get back to playing our style at a higher level. Uh, we we've got to pick up our pace. Um, yeah, if if it's going to going to be solely about you know matching up uh, man for man, all that kind of stuff, um, you know, it's going to be a tough night. But we've played them well the last couple of years, and um, it's going to come down to you know a lot of the a lot of the basic things. You know, like last night. Uh, 17 turnovers were killer. And when we had the miscues in the third quarter, when we had a chance to extend the lead, um, turnovers were a big part of it. So possession of the ball is is, is huge. Um, the free throw line is huge. Um, rebounding is huge. And we did, a, we did a pretty good job rebounding the ball last night. So we're going to have to keep these guys tomorrow night off the free throw line um, and we're going to have to get in the paint as often as we can and generate as many good shots as we can. And uh, if we do that and bring a bring the right kind of um, intensity and 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 style to the game, um, you know, we'll give ourselves a chance. But this is one this is one of you know the top two or three teams in the league. You know, if you look at all the predictions and all those kinds of things, and um, you know, the acquisition of Holiday really put them in another stratosphere, right? You know, for me because he, he he's so great on both sides of the ball. So um, this will be a great challenge, and and you know we'll we'll find out more about exactly where we are tomorrow night.
3: Coach, we'll end with this, and as Andy said, thank you for the time as always on this Tuesday morning. I don't peg you as someone that'll be walking around the streets of Boston in a Halloween costume tonight. Uh, are you a Halloween guy? Typically, uh, I know typically you have some other responsibilities this time of year, but uh, were you ever a big Halloweener back in the day?
8: Well, first of all, thanks for that. You know, just uh, <laughs> the assumption that I'm not going to be walking around, walking around Boston in a, in a costume tonight. Maybe I'm wrong.
0: Sorry about that. <laughs> he did lump you in, uh, but he went with the stereotype,
8: Coach. Sorry. Uh, 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 yeah, I mean, you know, I – I do, I do like Halloween. You know, th- this is uh, it's going to be an interesting year because uh, we've been living in a, in a high rise in Dallas for years, and <laughs> there's been there have been no trick or treaters. And so, um, you know, where we live now, we're we're in a regular house, and uh, so Donna, my wife, has has got a big tray of <laughs> you know stuff ready for the trick or treaters. Let's uh, go. Yeah, I heard some guys talking yesterday about. You know, trick or treat candy and what you like and what you don't like and stuff like that. Uh, any trick or treaters that show up at our house, I think, are going to be very pleased. And so, uh, good job. You know, we uh, we have we have the appropriate, I believe, uh, level of respect for uh, for the holiday, if you want to call it that. And. Uh, <laughs> I you know, look, look forward to uh to seeing all those people, at least uh at least will tomorrow night.
3: You know, I, I what I love about Rick Carlisle is you don't get coach speak from him. He's so candid, but the appropriate level of respect for a ho- for the holiday is maybe the most coach speak thing I think I've ever heard. He's respecting his opponent. That's and so what's going is. on, and which and that is would fantastic. Be October thirty first tonight. As he said, quite the challenge coming up tomorrow night. Coach safe travels, I know home stand coming up on the other side of it. Again, thanks for the time on this Tuesday morning and uh, we look forward to talking to you to you next week. All right, thanks, guys. Take care, Rick Carlisle. Payless Liquors Hotline Two and One Pacers undefeated Celtics tomorrow night. Andy, last night the Celtics were up forty-two to nineteen at the end of the opening quarter. Uh, Rick Carlisle loves Drew Holiday, uh, former Pacer, by the way. O'Shea Brissett coming off the bench in Boston, and he's right. You know, I would say arguably the best moment of last season was the Pacers. I think it was a back-to-back. I know it was two straight games. There might have been a night off in between. But they went at Boston and at Miami uh, two games last season. So they have had success, as he said, up there in Boston. But man, that Drew Holiday edition I mean, Boston has got to be the championship favorite, right? It's always
0: good when uh, you don't get got by the Miami flu. Right. You know, the Miami mm-hmm. flu of going out to the Live Nightclub or wherever guys go the night before. Uh, you got bought by the Irvington flu, right? The Irvington oh, Festival yeah. flu? Yeah, the Halloween flu. Yeah, that that must be what it is. I mean, you look at... I'm skeptical of Porzingis long-term for them because I know he's going to miss games. But he started out 20-8. and eight. He's had a good start. And then Drew Holiday has been... You know, his solid self, 4-5 assists, 6-7 rebounds, 12-13 points, and I think he's only going uh, to get better, and he's not having to score like he's had to score at other places. So, yeah, this ain't going to be easy. I mean, Boston, to me, if they're not number 1, you know, the favorites, they're number 2. Like, you don't want to go too far down the list to find an NBA team that's really damn good, and they're one of them.
3: Do you think I should send a picture of my bacon costume sure. to Coach Carlisle, or would that response be similar to me texting girls in college?
0: See, I I don't see Carlisle as a dressing up guy, but I see him as yes, I'm going to pass out candy, and we are going to respect what's going on tonight. I I, I guess respect I
3: could, the level of the holiday. Yeah,
0: I guess I could see him maybe like like a pirate outfit at some point <laughs> if I had to. If I had to say, you know, it's easy, a little patchy beard, you get an eye patch, you know, some. Something like that.
3: I think the NBA should mandate a rule that if you play on Halloween, your head coach has to dress up. Oh, I would love it! Remember during COVID, where
0: coaches could wear like a pullover, like college coaches, well, like now, they didn't have to wear suits anymore. Well, now they still do. Well, yeah, so, that's what that's what I'm saying. If we're if we're saying we're, of them. if we can dress down and we can change it up, why don't we change it up?
3: Yeah, Lee goes. I think Kevin Bowen just called Carlisle Hollow Wiener. Yeah, I think I did. Now that I think about that, <laughs> not one of my smoothest. Well, he no. said his wife Donna there. had
4: a tray.
3: Yeah, she's which, ready to go. Yeah, but that almost usually it's a bowl.
4: Yeah, is this it like it a sh- o- charcuterie board, like assortment here? Well, that I, she's, there's three musketeers, there's right. Snickers, there's Kit yeah. yeah. Kat. Well, I was what thinking, is it
0: going to be like like hot buns or like cinnamon cinnamon hot rolls buns. or okay. something like that? Like On I was, a night like
3: tonight, we're going to hey. need it.
0: I mean there's always a guy who's cooking hot dogs in the neighborhood, a guy usually is, who's popping popcorn or something.
3: That's what you're going to need yeah, tonight. We need now a, my favorite thing, are, a lot of spiked cider yeah. yeah, that we're going to be encountering.
4: That's one of my favorite things about having kids with trick or treating this year is like the adult Halloween oh, that like yeah. the people that have like, "Oh, here's bourbon and whatever for right. you. Here you go." It's like is that going to happen tonight or is everybody like I'm oh, staying inside? Oh no no inside. no. I
3: think if you're going to go out in the elements, that's that's almost a prerequisite. I Before mean, the hat and gloves, that's probably honestly something that you would That rock. is
4: That is one of my favorite things about the trick-or-treating. is like, who do you want? you want? You want to go out with the kids? Yes, because there's booze coming. Like, Yes, send, me, send them with me. I, I will thought, do that.
3: I thought Rick Carlisle's Benedict Matherin comments were interesting. Andy, it's been a little bit up and down. I think it's fair to say for Matherin, I thought at one point in that Cleveland game, um, kind of got bench, basically, some other options that they went with. You know, last night, he was a big catalyst until he got in that foul trouble. Um, him defending, him defending without fouling. I mean, just how the NBA operates, he's guarding a pretty high level wing every night, even if Bruce Brown's on the number one guy. I right. mean, last oh, night, oh, yeah. One's on Levine, the other one's on DeRozan tomorrow night. One's on Tatum, the other's on Brown, and then who the hell's on Drew Holiday? Like, I mean, this is just kind of part of the NBA. Uh, on on a pretty night-in, night-out basis there. I do think you've seen a little bit more facilitating make the smart pass, make the extra pass, etc., etc., from Matherin, but it's certainly something that is a work in progress with him. So, again, Pacers, that's a 7.30 tip Tomorrow night in Boston.
0: Yeah, two things, and we can wrap up this conversation and get to a checkdown reminder. Greg Doyle from the Star going to join us here at the top of the hour. You know, for me, Matherin's twenty-three minutes a game, and some of that is skewed. You mentioned the Cleveland game, only playing seventeen minutes. I am wondering if he kind of takes that next step this season, not only in his game, and and, and listen, I know this is a deep team. I understand that that is part of the strength of this team. But if he does take that 23 minutes a game and that goes up a little bit, right? Because the best players are playing more than 23 minutes a game uh, in the NBA. And then second of all, he mentioned, you know, coach mentioned, I meant to even bring this up to you. Did you see the Jordan Poole shot last night against the Celtics? Did no. you happen to see it? Okay. So he comes down. and I mean, the score is lopsided already. He was 40-something to 19 in the first quarter. So, you know, it's going to be a bludgeoning. He comes down. He's on the left-hand side. And he kind of does a jab step to act like he's going to go in the lane. And then he just goes between the legs and kind of just lazily like, like he's not in an NBA game goes behind the back and shoots a three in KB. It's 10 feet short. <laughs> Jordan Poole, He lets it go and kind of goes, Ugh. like you can even see his reactions. Like, Oh, that's going to be all over the internet. It was, and I'm not exaggerating. I know I do that often. It was 10 feet short for the basket. It's one of the worst shots of the year. It is game three. Like it's not even, we're not even, uh, to November yet, and I contest it might be the worst play of the NBA
3: season. I still stand by he will be the single-game leading scorer in the NBA this season. He'll have one night where you know, it's 70. just all... Yeah. It, it, oh, the, yeah. the neon light is obviously clicking like it is every night, but it, it actually goes in, and he will have that type of he only had
0: eleven last night, man. I mean, he didn't. He didn't play well. He only had eleven last night. I need to. I need to. I'll, I'll find that and I'll send that to you, KB. He was ten feet short from hitting
3: this three. It's unbelievable. We're gonna get a dose of Greg Doyle coming up at nine o'clock. How do you think the listeners feel about that?
0: Uh, I think. Some like it, and when things are going negative, like with the Colts, I think they love it. And then I think the other group hates Greg Doyle, which is fantastic because they listen even more intently than the group that likes Greg Doyle. (laughs) Halloween, it makes sense, right? Yeah, I mean, listen, I I see Greg Doyle's absolutely um, you know, having having the candy ready to go. I don't know his living situation, if he's in a a high-rise or a home or anything like that. I don't know, but I I see him respecting the holiday,
3: don't you? (laughs) What's he handing out? That that, that Carlisle He I mean, maybe some dog trees. Isn't he a big dog walker? Mm-hmm. There you go. Could be a variety of things at the Doyle mm-hmm. household. Well, I honestly probably you just bacon strips. You knock and you never know what you're going to get with Greg Doyle. <laughs> That's why he's joining us coming up at nine o'clock. His latest, pretty cool story on the Pacers that we'll ask him about coming up in a half hour. All right, uh, let's do a morning check checkdown.
0: All right, quickly, and I saw this from you. Mark Dykton is retweeting the Colts, Ian Rapoport. The Colts are signing guard Jack Anderson to their 53-man roster from their own practice squad. So, KB, you wanted the Colts to make a move, and damn it, Chris Ballard has made a move. Yeah, and when
3: those moves happen, I'm always kind of like, okay, is there an injury situation that we don't know about necessarily? I don't see the need for like a 10th offensive lineman right now. Um, so, yeah, again, today is typically the normal transaction day in the NFL, and obviously the trade deadline coming up at 4, so we'll continue to chat that about that. does seem a
4: little below Ian Rappaport? Like, what's, what's he tweeting that out for? <laughs> well,
3: what, when I see that, my first thought is, is Jack Anderson's agent like a mega agent? Uh, he has. We need to look it up, yeah.
0: It's like, uh, Ro- was it uh, Rosenhaus? It's like Rosenhaus is his agent. It's oh, like, he's got yeah. something, right? You get this one. What's you get Jack the- Anderson doing yeah. for Halloween? You get the... <laughs>
4: <laughs> Maybe Rappaport has like a tweet per week he, like limit he has to reach. So he's like, all right, fine, I'll fire this
3: one out. Yeah, and, and Anderson, correct me if I'm wrong. It listed him as a guard, right? He's a he's listed as a guard. So I'm you know per Ian Rappaport in my mind, I'm like, okay, you know what about Braden Smith's health? He's miss, he, he's missed three games. They haven't put him on injured reserve, but he's more of a tackle. So I don't know. Just to wrap up uh, again, the thought last. Yeah, let me quickly. Last night, Pacers
0: losers, 105 at the Fieldhouse. Uh, Dykman was front row for that one, smelling the sweat and hearing the profanity. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that was fantastic. So losers there are the Pacers again tomorrow night in Boston for that. And then the other big news in the NBA, if you care, uh, the Sixers have moved on from James Harden and they have traded him. Him a bunch of picks and a bunch of other random players have moved in this deal, and they've traded him to the Los Angeles. Clippers, so he could join Kawhi Leonard and Paul George and continue one of the more unlikable teams in the in the
3: entire NBA. Are they the most hated With, team in the NBA?
0: I, I don't know if they're the most hated because I don't think people care. I
4: just think they're they're going to be the most they're rested, unlikable. That's for sure. The most rusted. <laughs> <laughs> the most rusted.
3: It's <laughs> a good way to put it. Uh, okay, point. last night we had a um, sports equinox. You had an NHL, NBA, Major League Baseball, NFL. Let's go with the NFL. It was, uh, what, 26-14 was that the final? Uh, Jameer Gibbs, outstanding for the Detroit Lions. A big night for him, over 180 yards of total offense. Got it in the end zone. That was a hell of an effort by Jameer Gibbs then to get into the stands to celebrate his touchdown. I was like, damn, he got up quick. It's, I'm like, it's, a,
0: high, it's, a, it's a high barrier yeah, there in, like in full Detroit. Body. He
3: was like standing in the yeah. stands, not just like you jump up there and you know they they hold you. Uh, so the Lions continue nice start to the season for them, and the Raiders continue to do Raiders things. Uh, Thursday night football this week will be what? Will Levis against a questionable Kenny Pickett? Is that yeah, where it's trending yes it, towards? Yes,
0: it will. So Tennessee, Will Levis could be two and O on the season. How about that? Which I'd would be so Pittsburgh. It'd be so damn Titans, wouldn't it? So to, Titans. To, to win these two next, you know, next two games, so, uh, it'd be four and four on the and season. Bayer. Yeah. 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 So tight
3: to do that. Uh, World Series last night, the Texas Rangers winning away from home. It's been a remarkable postseason run for them. They did it again last night. They got three in the third. Max Scherzer had to leave early due to a back injury, but John Gray was outstanding out of the bullpen for them. They beat the Diamondbacks 3-1, to one, so now they go up 2-1 in that series. Game four and game five, we know we'll at least have five games in the series Each of the next two nights, uh, we will join in progress after Trackside, which begins at 7 o'clock tonight, right here on The Fan.
0: Yeah, just last one for me. A couple NFL notes. Uh, Kirk Cousins officially done for the season with that Achilles. James Winston, could he be going from the Saints to the Vikings? It's a poss- uh, possibility. Something to watch today. The Giants did trade Leonard Williams to the Seahawks to a 2 and a 5. Go back to the Podcast Center. Me and KB talked about that. Maybe something the Colts could do. Picking up money like the Giants did with Leonard Williams. And Washington really trying to move Chase Young and or Montrez Sweat. Uh, so two big defenses of lineman Chase Young hasn't worked out the way they thought he was going to just some things to watch as the NFL goes from week 8 to week 9
3: it's time for my first pee in the bacon costume which is always kind of oh, an endeavor. Is this a long Do break? Do we have a long break? <laughs> I don't think so. Not really. <laughs> yeah, I'm uh, looking at it. <laughs> uh, on the other side, an issue Adam from promo. yesterday. We've talked about the Colts, or from Sunday. We've talked about the Colts in this youth movement. Uh, it was kind of insult to injury on Sunday in poor play and not a youth movement. We'll explain more on the other side. It is the wake up call. At least the sun's out, but it is very, very crispy and chilly on this Halloween morning. Thank you
2: for. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclib 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you.
3: Tune in to The Wake Up Call with KB and Andy. Appreciate Rick Carlisle
0: joining us. If you miss any of that conversation, check it out, Podcast Center one hundred seven 107.5thefan.com uh, or download our free app. Reminder, Greg Doyle from the Indy Star will join us here at the top of the 9 o'clock hour. Uh, KB, UFA, and we'll get to some Steichen sound as he talked about Tony Brown in the corners. I want to get to that here in just a second. But to clean up two items, one from yesterday and one we didn't mention yesterday. Uh, Flavor Flav who we played some of that sound <laughs> who sang the national anthem Yeah, he was my
3: lowercase goat uh, well he, no he
0: wasn't the bucks employee <laughs> that thought
3: it was a wise idea to have him sing the national anthem
0: but it's like anything you want to go you want to go viral in a either for the national anthem yeah, listen he says... All publicity is good pub? Is that what you're going? He says that two other teams have reached out to him to do oh it. my God. Two other... That's what Flavor Flav said yesterday. And then a story we did not get to. Did you happen to see the Colorado players got robbed at the I Rose Bowl when they played uh-huh. against UCLA? Yeah, I did see that. <laughs> Which always raises a question... It's just an unmanned locker room. I, I know. During a four-hour football game,
3: and apparently like, it was. Is it that hard? You know, a, a lock of the door and a security guard in front of it? I have, Unless you're paying the it's security the Rose guard Bowl. off. You it, would think that the Rose Bowl
0: would know what they're doing. Well, see, this now Now the reason this was a story is a couple things. Number one, if you remember, oh, and where did he coach? Was it Jackson State? Dion, where did he come from? Yes. Uh-huh. Okay. Okay. He got robbed. His stuff got taken at a game. Do you remember? And I do he remember got that it back. you that. Yeah. Do you remember he got it back? And so now people are like, okay, is he going to get it back? But that was very – he was vocal about that um, at Jackson State. And now he's at the damn Rose Bowl in a Pac-12 game and something similar is happening. This happens like once a year to somebody. I, and I never understand how it happens, but it absolutely did happen to them. And I can only imagine how
3: many – how many millions of dollars of stuff was taken on Saturday night? It's unbelievable. Anyway, from an nil standpoint, yeah, I can only imagine what that is. Boy, it's starting to get really hot in this costume.
0: Okay, how was uh, trying to trying to urinate during the break? How did that go? What, yeah, yeah,
3: please yeah. tell yeah. us. Yeah. Please. I, I, Details, say, please. People want to know for many reasons. I'm glad there's not camera in the bathroom. <laughs> oh, we'll just leave it at that. Yeah, it was quite the ordeal. That you know <laughs> of? Yes. Anyway,
0: about about <laughs> not those- not the <laughs> not the son
3: of the Bucky's. Uh, <laughs> Ownership thing? Uh, it, it was quite the endeavor, uh, trying to urinate there during the break. But, uh, yeah, shout out to the bacon costume. Happy Halloween, everybody out there. Uh, bundle up tonight, to say the least. Uh, I got an issue from Sunday, Andy. Okay, and this let's is, go. Clearly, the Colts had a cornerback problem in the game. You know, that's rather obvious. Uh, specifically, if you want to boil it down to a Tony Brown problem, you could say that as well. And in a way, Andy, it's a little bit like the Gardner Minshew thing of expected growing pains, um, highs and lows, probably more lows than highs. All of that is true, but what is an extra kind of salt meat wounds comes from the fact that the guy getting torched at corner on Sunday, he's no youth movement. He's no draft pick. This is not some grooming right. Hey, we'll live with the growing pains in twenty twenty three and we'll reap those benefits in twenty twenty four. This is not Bernard Ryman from last year. Or Anthony which,
0: Richardson or Josh Downs or any of these young guys that are playing a lot of football.
3: Like sure. October last year was a disaster for Bernard Ryman. Like the Thursday night game in Denver was awful. For him, but you know what you said. All right, this guy started for two years in college at tackle. He was a tight end. He didn't play American football until he was a you know early teen. Like we're gonna have to live with some of it. But if we can get through that, we'll get there. There's light at the end of the tunnel. Tony Brown is a 28 year old former undrafted free agent who is a career special teamer. And this to me just kind of adds to the insult from Sunday. Losses to be expected this season. Growing pains at quarterback and cornerback especially. Again, those were definitely expected results this season. It wasn't expected, though, that it'd be Gardner Minshew at quarterback. And more importantly, Tony Brown going through that at corner. Again, you could, I would say, I don't know swallow the pride a little bit more if it was Juju Brents on Sunday or if it was Darius Rush on Sunday or if it was Jalen Jones. Oh, I the could. three rookie corners that you draft. I mean, Jalen Jones is on the other side. Well, especially a guy that practiced. Again, I mean, Tony Brown was injured yeah, going in. He did not practice Yeah, he
0: was injured going to the game on Sunday. Didn't practice on Friday with a rib
3: injury. So I think this is where it just kind of adds the frustration of, yes, any corner getting torched is going to bother people. But then when you throw on top of it... That in no way, shape, or form is this one of the dudes that you threw on the youth platter at corner. Honestly, a reason why you kept him is because he does have a little bit more veteran experience. Um, That I think just makes it even worse, feel even worse. Seven catches for, or seven targets for seven catches at 189 yards, whatever the final number was, and a boneheaded penalty. That should do enough. But there's another layer on it, and that's this guy is not part of the youth movement at all. Here's Steichen yesterday talking about
0: the corner position. Oh, hold on. I was taking a phone. Oh, I'm sorry. Is it the is it the guy that calls every day? Yes.
7: Uh, just, you know, looking at what Tony's done, you know, through practice, uh, and he continues to work and grind. You know, we felt, you know, good about Tony into the, in, in that game. And, uh, you know, with with everything, we'll always evaluate everything uh, going forward. That's from the roundtable last night. I mentioned there's a guy that calls Mark Dykedon
0: every day. Usually it's before 830, isn't it? Uh, yeah. Did he ask you about JMV he again did. today? I need to
3: talk to JMV, James. I'm like, well, I'm
4: Mark, but I'll pass it along.
3: You know, it's bad during a game where I'm sitting there, and I almost felt this way about Deion Jackson a week one, I probably felt more about it. Tony Brown on Sunday, and I'm thinking, does he have blackmail on somebody? Is there blackmail with Gus Bradley he's got? I, How is he keeping I, his job? Is, like, it, like it, it would be one thing if, again, Deion Jackson, okay, he took the majority of your starting reps for a month right. when Zach Moss was, was out. He was bad, but it made in, sense in, why in he got the start. Camp. Whereas Tony Brown, he's right. not been that guy. He did not even practice on Friday, so I'm thinking, wait a minute, what has he done to... to Okay, earn the opportunities. One thing, maintain it when there was torching in the first quarter, in the second quarter, in the third quarter, and in the fourth quarter. Like you had several things. I mean, there we talked about an option that, again, to me, makes a decent amount of sense of either a play Tony Brown in nickel where he's more towards the inside of the field. You could help him with more guys, or if you want to go again, youth movement because Chris Ballard has said. I'm pretty sure he said those exact words. If, I, if he hasn't, he certainly said it in a paraphrasing way of, we're content with the youth at corner this season. Okay, if that is where you're going, if you want to go down that path of playing the younger guys in the secondary, fine. He's not that, though. And what you could have done on Sunday is, again, move Julian Blackman down to the nickel position, a spot that he played last season when Kenny Moore was banged up, move Kenny Moore outside. So for a guy that's got to be on an island a little bit more, Kenny Moore is certainly – hell, Kenny Moore plays outside corner for you pretty much every first down and some second downs when you're base personnel grouping. And then the extra defensive back you'd bring onto the field – is Nick Cross, a guy that continues to barely play, if at all, and was your third-round pick from last year. You're looking for ways to try and get him on the field. That, to me, would have been an avenue that, if you're going to go youth movement, that checks much more of a box than throwing 28-year-old Tony Brown out there.
0: Uh, You know, Rick Venturi yesterday, listening to the Colts roundtable, boy, that's Fleming. hang on. Oh, boy, that's phlegmy. Uh, Take a hike, sir. <laughs> that is phlegmy. Uh, I, I keep hitting the cough button before I talk, thinking I'll clear everything out. Not the case.
3: Phlegmy is such a funny word. It, it is.
0: Can you spell phlegm? Can you spell phlegmy right now? F-L-E. Oh, you know that's not how you spell it. <laughs> M-M-Y? <laughs> you know that's not how. No? Um. You know, he said something similar. I, I don't know if this was... Here's what it could be. It could be just they tried something that flat out didn't work. To which it then goes to the question that you brought up. When it wasn't working within the game, then why did nothing change? The only other thing I can think of, and it goes to the narratives around, was something wrong with Jonathan Taylor in the second half, is... If there's another part, if there's a Paul Harvey rest of the story here, that's a musty reference on the uh, AM radio, Paul Harvey. If I don't know if you guys got that. That's what it was. But, like, is there something else here that they're not doing or using some of these different combinations? And I, I, I don't know the answer. Or I guess the only other thing it could be would be, the Saints offense has been rather dysfunctional that they looked at it and said, our front, our defensive line, our front seven, whatever it may be, KB, we can get to Carr. You know we're going to be able to frustrate him enough up front to where we can hide deficiencies on the back end. To where if Tony Brown can just play okay, that will be good enough for us because of other pieces that we have. We need to create turnovers and because our front seven and or defensive line is going to make a statement. Uh, and that didn't happen up front. Uh, which how leaves, about an in game adjustment? I, well, that, that's, like, that's the biggest problem. Is there was no game adjustment. I mean, that's what it is. That's the frustrating
3: part. Like, it's one of those things that Monday through Saturday, if you're the Colts, you put yourself in the Saints' shoes. Where should we attack you? Oh, you have a question at the third corner spot. Injuries and benchings have been abundant there. We're probably going to go after that. So, if you're the Colts, you're going to walk into that game, or at least in my opinion, they should have walked into that game and said, okay, if things go awry, how are we going to counter it? How are we going to react? What are we going to do to change that? And it was just stubbornness to the nth degree with continuing to play him and leave and continuing to leave him on an island. I mean, third and thirteen, the biggest play of the game to ice it. Boom, there he is. And man, playing press man coverage, press man no coverage, safety. right? No safety, no help. Field. Like if you're gonna sit there in the huddle, if I'm not mistaken, I should probably look it up. Uh, I thought there was a timeout before that play. As I pull out the box score here. oh uh, here, I'll help you here. Let's go. It's about as difficult See as there. me trying to go pee during the last break. You have a there. lot of papers in your little briefcase there. I like that. Uh, yeah, timeout right here. Uh, after the second 14, Alvin Kamara, one-yard run. Colts take a timeout. Uh, I would think at that point you huddle up on the sideline and you say, all right, we're bringing six. That's what the Colts did. They they Actually, Nick Cross was on the field for that play. I think they went very rare kind of dime package. Look, okay, we're bringing six. Let's make sure we throw someone over the top of old Tony Brown if we're going to play press man coverage. Leave Kenny Moore and Jalen Jones on an island then. If that's the path that you feel like you're going to take on that specific play there, and that was not done whatsoever after a timeout. Let me ask you this, and
0: this is probably a bigger question. We can take a break again. Coming up in 15 minutes, top of the hour, Greg Doyle going to join us here on the Wake Up Call on the Fan. Do you view them as a little stubborn whether it be some of the Tony Brown stuff on defense, uh, maybe not sending, getting that pressure. And we know what Gus Bradley, you know, we, yes. we kind of understand. And then you look at the way that they've handled Gardner Minshew, throwing the ball a lot and maybe not running the ball at times. Does there seem to be a lot of in-game stubbornness? I like what they yep. do initially, but you got to switch things up at some point. That's the, that's the whole point of being paid a lot of money winning football games.
3: Yes. I would agree. And and I think you could make cases for both sides of the ball, having some of that. In Tony Brown's case, leaving him in for the 60 minutes. uh, uh, Offensively, again, to me, and and I don't think it's going to be the norm with Shane Sykin, but there was a bit of like the, I'm the valedictorian, let me prove it all to you. We're going to get this great balance. We're going to throw it. Gardner's going to be able to have a passing day. That is a big, big passing day. And in a second half where you scored seven points, Jonathan Taylor has one carry and one catch. And you only had one drive, you were down two scores. I think there's this misconception you were down two scores for this vast majority of the second half and or the, the game. Your $42 million running back and a half that you score seven points and you only had one drive you where you're down two scores, he has one carry and one catch. It's not even like you supplemented him in the passing game. Whatever, he had three or four targets, three or four catches, et cetera, et cetera. KB, you played six plays where you were down double figures.
0: In yeah. the third going to the fourth quarter. 35-20 Six, there. six plays. Yeah. It was 35-20, and then it was a six-play drive for a touchdown and, that made it a one-score game. Six plays is and, what you did. And
3: let's go to that final real drive that they had. So 35-27, they had one crack at it. They took over with about 5.30 to go. Uh, three timeouts they had, and, of course, the two-minute warning. And I'm sitting there to Mike Chappell, and I go, you got to sprinkle in a run or two here with Taylor. Go back to the Browns' drive that they ended up having the game-winning touchdown drive. What did Cleveland do right before the two-minute warning? 13-yard run right up the middle by Pierre Strong. A huge play in that drive that kind of took them from midfield into, okay, we're approaching shots at the end zone, and then obviously all the chaos ensued with the poor officiating after that. Uh, You had seven straight passes. On that drive and which ended in a punt and you really never got the ball. And, back. and
0: Steichen's saying, After well, that. we 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 had sacks and we had um, you know we we had we had penalties and that's why we couldn't run the ball. Yeah, but if you run the ball, you also now listen, it could be a one yard run. And, I mean JG, Zach Moss could fumble. I I understand it, but it's not only the passing game wasn't crisp, it was there were penalties and and there were sacks, right? And that's what happens when you throw the ball and when you throw the ball with Gardner Minshew. I mean, you look at that possession. They go penalty, sack, incompletion, right? And and, and they convert a and 18 which was probably one of the more shocking plays of the entire second
3: half. It was an Alec Pierce play. Uh, Valley sports issues oh. galore. We'll touch on it on the other side.
2: Life is so much more than a diagnosis. All right, final segment,
0: 8 o'clock hour reminder coming up in about six minutes. Greg Doyle going to join us uh, as well. Uh, we'll talk with him about all the happenings with the Colts and Pacers. I don't know if I should say this out loud, but it's funny fodder anyway. KB, you ready for this? Sure. Yesterday, <laughs> yesterday. I don't know exactly when this happened, but middle, middle yesterday. And I don't know if the same happened to you. Middle of the day, yesterday, I started to get, you know, I'm going through this phone fiasco because I broke my phone and everything, and there's no iPhones, like all the new iPhones, there's no iPhones, like you can't find one anywhere, Apple Store, Best Buy, doesn't matter, you can't find one, so I'm looking, I'm trying to find an iPhone, and I notice I'm just getting a bunch of emails, I somehow, uh, I somehow got added to the Hammer and Nigel email list. Oh. (laughs) And if you think people that email sports guys are crazy about some of the Anything things they have safe to say. not work images? Uh, no, just political stuff. Oh, wow. <laughs> that's always wow. fun. Yeah, so if you think sports people are ribby. crazy, uh, the conspiracy, so I'm reading up on conspiracy theorists of Amber and Nigel. I was doing that this morning, like, ah, oh, these are some interesting emails. Well, I wish we had a conspiracy <laughs> theory about why Bally Sports sucks. Oh, oh.
3: Last night, for those that Brutal. missed it or didn't experience it, if you stream the app, if you try to watch via website, uh, no access to Bally Sports. That would be 19.95 per month. It is an utter joke that the Pacers and the NBA continue to, uh, for a multi-billion-dollar business, to, conven- to continue to partner with this incompetent uh, company that is broadcasting so many of the their games. Yes, there are some teams out there, and usually they involve owners that have massive amounts of money, and and I get that all of them do, but uh, that are on you know one end of that scale that have opted to whatever have local you know television channels pick up their broadcast games. You know, think old Channel Four um, <laughs> from real old kind of Pacer days. Uh, Pacers are not one of those teams though, so they have succumbed to bally, and the issues again uh, abundant last night for them. And it's just awful customer service. I mean, good luck getting a refund. You want me to stay
0: on hold today for an hour and see if well, I get? Tony $1, said he was on hold for
3: sixty minutes. <laughs> One dollar
0: right? and twenty five cents. The other back. listener
3: said he watched the game with his ten year old kid, and there were porn ads mm-hmm. all popping up from his illegal streaming. It's well, like, yeah,
0: I, I got you know, I have paid the money, I've been, uh, I've done everything, and it's like it's not even like I oh, missed the first quarter. It's like, no, you missed the, the entire game. game, and I we're mean, talking the, the third game. game of the season. I mean, we're talking not only the third game, but the pregame. Like, I felt bad for the crew. I mean, you're putting on a game. You're two and zero on the season. Uh, you know, the Bulls are always a team that has quite a following from the 90s, like we understand the Chicago Bulls, but not to mention the Pacers, you know, they did the entire release how Game 1 was the most watched game on Bally since blah, blah, blah. I'm sure the streaming numbers showed that, but I did go back because I searched this. I mean, you can go back two, three years of people like texting uh, it's an uh, annual t- ritual. tweeting Greg Doyle and tweeting like uh, JMV and everybody else about what the hell's going on but no you miss, the, you miss the entire game you didn't get the third quarter, fourth quarter, pre-game post-game, you didn't get anything that's what was so surprising usually any fix you know 10, 15, 20 minutes it's fixed in an NBA game it's a two hour game it wasn't fixed Dad those don't look like any
4: swings I've ever seen at a playground <laughs>
3: we will trick or treat with Greg Doyle next
0: yeah yeah 9 o'clock hour hanging out with you. Another hour to go until 10 o'clock. Query and company coming your way at noon. Then he's going to Europe, right? Jake's going to be heading out, so good for him. JMV at 3 o'clock. Reminder tonight, about 9 o'clock or so, World Series Game 4. We'll join that in progress. You shouldn't miss too much of that. If you did miss any of our conversation over the last two hours or our conversation with Rick Carlisle, Pacers head coach, check that out, 1075thefan.com or download uh, the app. All right, let's go back on out to the Payless list. Liquors Hotline. Always love to catch up with Greg Doyle from the Star. Greg, good morning, sir. Happy
1: Halloween. How are you? Uh, I'm good. If he gets to be called KB, it occurred to me, why don't you get to be called AS? Oh, never mind. No, maybe not. Never mind. <laughs> I've been
0: called that a lot. Uh, my grandmother did want the first grandchild to be named Ashley Sue Sweeney. Uh, so go ahead and just uh, figure out what that added up to. So, you know.
1: Hey, well, I've, got, a, I've got, a, a, a worse, I got two worst name stories for you real quick. First of all, my first kid was born. He's Macon. I'm from Macon, Georgia. We named him Macon. So we, our, we were pregnant with our second kid. Didn't know what it was going to be. If it was going to be a girl, bless her heart, she was going to be Savannah. We were going to have kids named Macon and Savannah, and that would have been just so cute. I would have puked every time I introduced him in public for the rest of my life. So luckily he was a boy, so he's Jackson. And then finally, Greg, with three G's, Uh happened because it's a typo in the newspaper. I played baseball. I might have been Allstate. That's a story for another day, but they put my name in the paper a few times in the story for another day, and they misspelled it once, Greg with two G's cute girl in school saw it and liked it and said that's cool and i've been two g's ever since really that's the truth
0: okay How about that? i do like that i feel like i just Dude, do anything for something
1: yeah i like that nine oh three age
3: what did you say KB? i said you do anything for love especially at that age
1: Oh, oh, at That age? Yeah. Love no, what? Kevin, what's love got to do with it? What love got nice. to do with it? Hmm. Thank you. Thank
3: you. The one and only Greg Doyle. He's with us here. Greg, have you? I I feel like you have. Wait, you,
1: can you listen. Hold on, hold on. Wait. Wait. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. okay can,
3: can we talk about this for a second?
1: If Twitter is not representative of the world, I, I understand that. But it's it's a chunk. It is a chunk, and it's a chunk of the cool people. A chunk. People hate me on Twitter, and yet. And I'll just say this because what the hell? If you know me in person, you like me a lot. Like I find someone who doesn't, whose name isn't Dan Dockett. Like I, I, I can hear myself on the radio. Like I'm, I'm funny. I'm charming. I can be humble when I'm not saying I'm funny and charming at all. Say baseball. People hate me. I don't know what they want. Like, I, do you want me to write just happy stuff? Do you want me, or would you like me to write what I really think is happening at all times? The people I rip, Ballard, the coaches, the players, they like me. Because they know where my heart is, but the fans are like, ah, oh, you're so mean. Toughen up, people. I'm a decent dude. Anyway, keep going.
3: Your latest is kind of a happy piece, right? Andrew Nemhard, Jenny Buchek.
1: Yeah, that that was fascinating. Look, that was fascinating. I, you know, she she helped McConnell TJ last year improve his shot. I mean, everybody credits her with it. And this is
3: a really Pacers tough. assistant coach for those totally unfamiliar with who she is. Right, Pacers and Jenny Buchek helped
1: McConnell last year. He went from being a guy who wouldn't shoot at all from three to shooting 45% in the year. So Andrew Nimhard sees that, and, and actually with her kind of prodding a little bit, decides he, he wants some help too. So I get them together. My, my goal was I want them to, as we're, as we're interviewing them together, tune me out eventually and start just looking at each other and start talking. I, let me be a fly on the wall and let's just see what happens. What I didn't know is that Nimhard is the most painfully quiet shy really successful athlete hmm. i think i've ever seen like, i had no idea and you know you watch the guy play you don't know but behind the scenes he wants no part of anything which is so it's so charming and jenny is that way up to a point because what she does is she studies you she's she's the fly in the wall until it's time to step in then she steps in but so i'm sitting there with both of them neither one of them will say boo <laughs> and i get him going a little bit doing what i do and and after about 10 minutes, magic happens, and they tune me out and just start talking back and forth. And they're, like, interrupting each other. They're high-fiving. They're laughing at me. It was a beautiful – it was beautiful. And I, and, I, and the story is almost more of their words than mine. I just sort of – basically, I even wrote, listen, guys, you don't need me anymore. They didn't need me either here's what happened. I just start quoting them back and forth. Boom, 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 boom. Which I think the quotes reveal who they are and why she's so good.
0: Again, find that uh, the app, obviously, IndyStar.com. That, Colts, Pacers, tons uh, that Greg has been writing about lately. Yeah, but But, I'm
1: so mean, Andy. Why would they want to help out a guy like me? Nobody likes me except for everybody who knows me. But but that's the dance. Nobody likes me. And I'm probably really lonely all the time except for the (laughs) fact that I'm always sending people off because they want my time all the time. But no, nobody likes me, Andy. Aren't you paying attention? Yeah, but, but Greg that's the dance that's the dance
0: you have to you have to play the bad guy you have to pay the play the bad guy no, no, role no, no. a little bit just a little
1: bit no no, no, no no actually no i listen i love you i know you don't mean i don't i know you don't quite understand what you just said no offense i mean but i'm not playing anything like I, I i watched jonathan taylor be a jerk i'm gonna call him a jerk our Colts fans going to get mad at me when he comes back yes when he was holding out they're like yeah jonathan taylor's a jerk but now he's back now all of a sudden wait a minute sure Doyle called him a jerk. Doyle's a bad guy. Oh, I see how it goes. That's just the way the world is. So, uh, but honestly, well, I
0: like you. Well, we like you. I did see people tweeting. <sighs> people were tweeting you last night to rip Bally's, given that no one could get the game last night, at the Pacer game. Did you see that?
1: I did see it. Um, I, I'm not looking at Twitter as much as I used to because it's just weird. It's, uh, it, it's weird. Tw- Twitter was always kind of a place where it was kind of raw, but you liked it. Now Twitter's a place where – and things have changed. We all know things have changed. And now – like people that are mostly nice don't tweet much on Twitter. They just don't. Like that, it's not where you go anymore to say nice things. It's where you go to yeah. complain or or to read other stuff. But you don't you don't waste your time saying nice things because you don't know no one's listening anyway. So I, I did see it, and I'm glad I saw it because I was able to respond to a lot of people. It gave me a story idea. I need to write about Bally's at some point. Really quickly. Did you? I was on Bally's app last year and then I got off of it because it was so awful. As I recall, last year it was like watching you. You guys are probably too young for this. But Atari video games. Have you ever seen them? Oh sure, yeah. Yeah, of course. That was the screen quality of their app last year on my high, on my
3: TV. Does, it, does that ring a bell? That yeah, right? early on in the year they had some issues. <laughs> I mean, this is like an annual thing. I feel like every October, every November, each year they have had this partnership. We have had some sort of the discussion that we've had today, and it's just a joke. I mean, 1995 is a massive number to pay for a streaming service per month. And this is the product that NBA teams, to be fair, it's not just the Pacers. Many NBA teams continue to partner with.
1: Yeah, and, and the Pacers, kind of like, kind of like, well, the, you know, the, the Colts with, with uh, Jonathan Taylor, they're in a hard spot. You you got to pay them the money, you don't want to pay them the money, but they're kind of stuck. It's different, but the Pacers are kind of stuck. You know, they're they want an app, they don't really have the manpower, the womanpower to do it themselves. It'd be a, a huge undertaking, so they they parcel it out to ballys. And they're kind of stuck. And then Valleys decides the price point. I'm sure the Pacers contribute to that idea. But the Pacers are kind of stuck. But at the same time, at the end of the day, kind of like Ursay, at the end of the day, if you want your players to be safe, put grass on that field. If, if you really want to. We know you can afford it. Sell your Beatles drum set. You can afford it. But he's in a hard spot, I guess. He did not want to pay the money. Well, the Pacers are in a hard spot, too. They don't want to pay the money for, for good streaming. So they... So they deserve a little bit of the criticism,
3: too. Greg Doyle is with us here, obviously columnist at the Indianapolis Star. Greg, I want to go back to what you wrote on Sunday. and uh, Sorry for eavesdropping. I actually overheard you in the press box discuss what you were going to write about after the game, and at first, I did kind of the Alonzo morning meme, you know, the morning meme where he's sitting on the bench, and he's like, wait, what in the world? And then after a few seconds, he's like, actually, I guess that kind of makes sense. And, And I'm paraphrasing here, and obviously, feel free to expand, but you basically said the Jonathan Taylor usage on Sunday to you screamed like, the Colts might trade this guy. And I kind of sat there, and I don't think ultimately he will be traded by 4 o'clock today, but I was more going down the path of like, the usage was so mystifying that I can understand how you would come away from that and sit there and think, wait a minute, what is going on here? Are they like, did they just do that to showcase him for a quarter and then put him on the bench to say, hey, NFL, uh, plenty of tread left on these tires. And again, to me, it's not the trade. It's more of just how mystifying the lack of usage was for him.
1: Yeah, and you, because I'm turning this interview into, yeah, we'll talk about what you want, too, but I'm going to talk about me real quick. That what you just described, you know, you, the, the Alonzo Morning meme, is you know what I say, some of my ideas are outside of the box, and, and let's be honest, I don't think like anybody else, and that's okay, that, that's fine. I, I'm, I'm happy with who I am, but my ideas are so far outside the box that if all you do is see the tweet, you don't get to the second half of the Alonzo Morning meme. You see the tweet, because the there's only so much you can write a tweet, right? I, I just can't do it all. So I'm trying to like, hey, I'm writing about this, here you go, and so you look at that and you're like, "What? You're a friggin moron!" But if you actually read the god darn story, or or listen to me for more than four seconds, listen to me for forty, as you did, you're like, "You know what? There's something there." So there is something there with with Taylor. And I, I thought I was going to write. You know, I really don't know what's going to. I know what I think, but I don't know exactly how I'm going to say it, and I don't know the evolution of my thought process. So I haven't really thought about it that much. And I sit down, and start writing. Now I've got an hour and a half. It all comes out. Like, this is okay. This is exactly what I think. Here it is completely. I sat down starting to write thinking, by the end of the story, I wonder if I'm going to say the Colts are trading Jonathan Taylor because I can't make sense of what they just did. Um, By the midway through the story, I'm, I'm realizing, well, I mean, there's only two options here. After he went nuts in the first quarter, he went nuts and they ignored him the rest of the game. There's only two options. One they they feel like wow, Jonathan Taylor is back now. We can get a lot for him if we lose this game. So let's let's keep him out so not get hurt again. That's one option, which is stupid. Okay, I get it. Option two is the Colts are stupid because he went nuts for one quarter, and then the game they could have won, or should have won. They ignored him the rest of the game. So your options are either they're trading him, my idea, which is stupid, or they just ignored their best player for three quarters. Their idea, which is stupid. It's one of those two. Take your pick could they be stubborn with
0: having Tony Brown being, you know, beat on defense and not running the football slash Jonathan Taylor? Could could they just be that they're stubborn when they get to the middle of the game? Which might be stupid, by yeah. the way, Greg.
1: Yeah, and, and KB, you heard, you heard yesterday the question I was asking. Like, I, I realized, here we go again, I, I realize that I ask questions in a weird way. Kevin, you've seen me for nine years. You understand that I ask questions in a weird way. I blurt things. I make mistakes in questions. You know, I saw Shane wearing a, a rainbow-looking um, hoodie, like, the day after the NHL went back on their, their their rainbow, you know, tape on the hockey stick thing, the day after it. So I thought, oh, I wonder if Shane's, you know, like, making a statement here about the NHL and good for them. So I asked him, hey, what's with that rainbow on your sweatshirt? It turns out that's the crucial catch symbol. Well, I didn't know. And and you know you know how big a deal that is zero that I didn't know no big deal but of course fans on Twitter they love like ah let's rip this guy for he didn't know oh okay I didn't know great you're, if you send me a rainbow emoji you're getting blocked because I just don't care so I, I asked them so you know I ask weird questions but I have to, I actually ask I, I go after these people I went after Shane yesterday and said you know last year Frank Wright called twenty six straight passing plays and later after told us the next day or whenever we talked to him he didn't realize he didn't he didn't know in real time so I asked I you know, did you when the game is over and and Taylor got one carry to start third quarter and didn't touch the ball again? Did did you know in real time? And, and he said, "Yeah." And I said, and, "And you're okay with that?" And he basically said he has a lot of trust in this and that. And he leaned on Zach Moss went forty yards on a on a run, and then we got behind the sticks like that. That was a, a one score game until the midway of the fourth quarter. Don't hide behind that. You know what we what we don't need is a coach who we know how smart you are who won't admit, yeah, you know what, I kind of screwed that. Tell us you screwed it up and we can live with that. Same with Tony Brown. They did go away from Tony Brown in the second half. They finally did. But I was also asking Shane this question, which I know everybody wants to know, so every now that I come in handy, Shane, you're so attacking on offense. You attack on offense. We know who you are. Are you okay with your defense coordinator being the exact opposite of just sitting back and letting it happen? I told him, I realized you inherited him up to a point. He could have fired Gus Bradley, but he realized, hey, defense is good. Let's, let's It's not broken. Let's not fix it. So he inherited Gus Bradley in this bullcrap, let's-be-passive defense. Are you okay with this going forward? Is this who you want to be? And what he didn't say is, yes, I'm okay for the rest of the year, or the rest of my career. So if Gus Bradley gets fired or moved on after the year, I would like everybody to know who asked him first. In the meantime, make fun of me for the Crucial Caps thing, because you're right, <laughs> that's what's important. Dummies.
0: Greg Doyle with us on the Pay Less Liquors Hotline, columnist uh, there for the Indianapolis Star.
1: Why Can you tell, can you tell, just take a break, guys. Can you tell that, that I'm changing my, my tone a little bit here with you guys and, and just in general. and you, You'd have to look really carefully, and if you don't, that's fine. But on Twitter, I'm starting to, A, ignore a lot of stuff. I'm starting to block people. Even if you follow me, like I've been close to 100,000 followers. In fact, I had over 100, and that's a nice number. I was pretty blown away by it. But then the bot purge happened about three <laughs> years ago. Everybody oh, yeah. Lost. Yeah, everybody lost 10%. I went from 108 to 101 and then or 102, and then the Black Lives Matters, all the stuff that – the, all the racial inequity all the the stuff are happening and because I can't because sports is involved I'm tweeting about it and because this is Indiana people don't like it so I'm losing followers it's very painful to watch you know how you, sometimes you hover over a round number Have you ever been to a round number and it goes up and down up and down yeah followers? okay so yeah when it's time to talk I'll ask you a question but until then you just let me go um so I was at a hundred <laughs> and then it would go down to 99 point9 then it would go to I was hovering at 100 on the dot for like six months and it was freaking painful. Anyway, it's it's been downhill since it's ninety seven. It's going down, and I feel like you know what? It doesn't matter anymore. I'm never going to get to hundred. Which is and and for the people who've never been there, if you've never been there, try it. It's fun. It's it's fun. It's a nice big number, and then you don't have it. So I wanted it, but now like I don't care. And if 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 I'm going to go down, I'm going down my way. So if Aaron Rodgers does his crap, not only am I going to tweet the story out, I'm going to go after everybody who says I'm wrong because no, no, you guys are wrong. The good guys won the vaccine war. Because the vaccine stopped the pandemic, did it cure everybody? No, but the good guys won. You're welcome, and if you weren't on the right side of good, it's okay. We won it for you, and that and like I'm just not going to hide from stuff anymore. So I'm not even sure where I was going with that, but let's keep going.
0: Yeah, but Greg, don't you feel like I don't Greg know? Is on I, one I, today. Yeah, he But I mean, I don't know. For this is just me. To me, I appreciate it. You say what you think, and it doesn't matter if people are going to go at you. Like to, to me, that's that's who
1: you are. That has value, well, Greg it does well but listen well yeah to, to people who have a brain because people who have a brain want to know what the other side thinks I, I subscribe to the washington post and the new york times and i read their and they do have conservative comments they do and i read them i want to know what the other side thinks you know cause I'm, i am liberal everybody can tell i want to know what and I, want, I want to know what smart people on the other side think and here i go again but if, if if you like see me on twitter read my stories hear me on the radio now and you don't realize i'm smart then you're an idiot like, you're, you're an absolute idiot if you don't think my brain's working pretty well. So, I want to know what smart people think. You would think people around here would want to know what smart people think that might disagree with the, them. I am that smart guy, and unlike most people, I will say exactly what I think because I don't care if you don't like me. And what people don't understand is that's the definition of integrity. It's really easy when Josh McDaniels got hired for the media around here to fawn over Josh McDaniels. He's a great offensive coach, and that's what everybody did. He got hired here five years ago and everybody fawned over him. You know who didn't? Me, because Josh McDaniels is a piss ant. And I wrote, He's a piss ant, and I don't know why he's here. And then he revealed himself as a piss ant. Yeah, I'm gonna be wrong a whole lot. I'm I'm right a lot too. I'm gonna I'm gonna write that one the rest of my career. You damn right I am. But you gotta say what you think at all times, and you're gonna be wrong sometimes, especially when you swing hard. Like Adam Dunn, you know, in baseball. You swing hard, Dave Kingman, you're going to hit some home runs, you're going to miss a lot, and that's okay. But he, he always swung with sincerity. I'm swinging with sincerity. If anybody out there thinks that's not worth listening to or reading, you're an idiot. Keep going.
0: All right, swing with sincerity. What? what do you? Is, is this team going to be smart if they don't move anybody? That's what you also kind of wrote about over the weekend. It's a three and five football team. Maybe they can get to five and five just quickly. You know, with week nine and ten upcoming, some winnable games. What do you make of where this team is? And then we'll see what they do here, Greg, over the next few hours
1: at the you know before the trade deadline at four o'clock. If Zach Moss is still here at 401, the Colts are idiots. They're absolute idiots. I mean, well, like in, a, in an era where we know running backs aren't all that important, why would a 3-5 team need two of them? If they have, and both of them in the last year of the contract. Not, no, I'm sorry. Zach's in the last year of the contract. You're idiots if you have Zach Moss still here. So there's, there's no way he's still here, which makes you wonder, though. He's a lot cheaper than Taylor. Yeah, it'd be really hard to trade Taylor. Dead cap space. I get it. But, again, go back to, well, then why didn't he play in the second half? Are they trying to keep up? Like, if that were basketball the night before the trade line, I mean, seriously, if that was the basketball the day before the trade deadline, or baseball the day before the trade deadline, and the best player on the field hits a home run in the first inning and you pull him, like everybody knows, oh, he's gone. That's what it looks like. That's what the Colts made it look like. So they're trading a the running back, which one of them, I'm, I'm guessing is Zach Moss. I don't care. You're three, you're three and five. You have two weak games. You can win. You can lose it both, too. They are three full games behind the Jaguars. Right. Which means they need to catch up. They need to catch up four because they don't have the tiebreaker. Are they really going to win one more game? The Jags are six and two. There is no wild card scenario. The culture going to get in. They're out. They're out of the playoffs. The season's over right now. They've been talking like that since Richardson got hurt. Steichen has been talking ever since then about well, we're thinking about next year. You know, we got to be ready for next year. With it, you know, they won a couple games. And now all of a sudden, well, maybe we're going to keep going. No, you're not. You're not. Next year is what you're playing for. And yeah, your fan base might not like it. And, yeah, your locker room might not like it. And, yeah, Colts, you're weak. And Jonathan Taylor gets mad, and so you give him his money. Michael Pittman gets mad, so you throw him ten balls in the next nine snaps. The the Colts fans boot Steichen for for, um, kicking field goal. Boot him. He kicked the field goal. He took three points off the board when they had the exact same fourth-and-one situation. Like, it's one thing on fourth-and-one of the ten to decide, or the 20, wherever it was. Fourth-and-one, you know, we're kicking. And so you kicked it, you got your three. It's nothing to have that exact same situation ten seconds later take the three points off the scoreboard, and then go for it. Like, that's stupid. It worked. Don't confuse something worked with the thought process was stupid. But the Colts are weak. The crowd booze, will go for it. Taylor and Pittman wine will feed you. So they, they might think they're going to win the Super Bowl this year. As I wrote my story the other day, maybe they can ride a pack of unicorns all the way to Paradise, Nevada, home of the Super Bowl. Maybe that's what they're going to do this year.
3: Not sure you need the reminder, but that is Greg Doyle from the Indianapolis Star. Greg, happy Halloween to you. Thank you for the time on this Tuesday morning, and uh, we'll probably see you tomorrow.
1: Well, I, listen, that, that Boochick Nimhart story, please give it a read. It's really... It's less about. It's not about me at all. So it's it's a, it's fun. It's fun. And, it's, and let's be honest, if it was about me, it'd be the most interesting thing you read today, anyway. But it's not. It's about Butch and Nim It's a cool story on the app online. Thanks for having me on, guys. I will see you tomorrow, KB. Greg Doyle, Payless
3: Liquors Hotline, and we all might need a trip to Payless Liquors after <laughs> that conversation here on this Tuesday morning. Uh, quite a lot there with Greg to unpack. I like
0: where they go. <laughs> Colts, Pacers, Bally's, Twitter, X. Washington Post, COVID, Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, a lot of
3: calling out of idiots, <laughs> I believe.
0: Pissant. Piss I
3: actually a- think the pissant description for Josh yeah. McDaniels makes a lot of sense. It really,
0: it really does. If I had to come up with like a person of the last couple of years, yeah, he's a rough look on the sideline for the Raiders. Uh, I can't remember the last time I called somebody a pissant. Oh, I know. Should I get that in my lexicon a little bit more I, here? I think I need to think of somebody that I want to call that I here to, in the next couple weeks. I wanted to know what he gives out for trickle No, nah,
3: I just felt like we had a cup bait. It was a hell of a 20 minutes. I, I didn't know if I had anything left in. I it's need a, a cigarette. You, you just had to go to the bullpen at some point. You can't leave the starter in there for too, <laughs> too long. Arm. Uh, if you would like to. Greg Doyle and Rick Carlisle will be up on the podcast. Slightly different tones. I was about I to say, say, are there two guys that From might be more, more? I need a cigarette after that.
4: <laughs> I might need to go outside real quick. Well, you're going to start hacking up pop, a lung again. Pop I a think. window here. The those two studios. conversations.
3: I didn't think the bacon costume could get much hotter, but I just accomplished You look miserable. That Do you want to take? Do you want to take the
0: hood hours. off? I mean, it's nine. It's nine thirty. KB, you've 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 done the. You, you're going to be in costume. You're going to half-ass it. I, I know. I mean, I guess you're you're fine. Like,
3: and once I go outside, it's fourth quarter now. Right. Warm. Are you sweating? Uh, I mean, do you feel yourself sweating? Or I yes, I okay. am I'm starting to sweat. And again, I don't know if it's great door related or the bacon costume reaching paper towel out. And hour dab three you down here. <laughs> I, I I'm trying to take away something from that that we can play off of. Uh, they will trade one of the running backs. Do you do you, okay? Do you think that's the case? I guess I, I don't feel like that's the case. Should Zach Moss be traded? I think he should.
0: Like that yes. to me
3: is a very relevant he, one. He is
0: as valuable as a rental as they have, correct? Unless you thought, okay, we're not going to pay Grover Stewart and you could get something like the Giants did with Leonard Williams. Well, that ain't going to be the case, obviously, because of the six-game suspension. You're not going to move... Um, you know, Michael Pittman anywhere. I mean, I like Kenny Moore, but I don't know. I mean, just Kenny Kenny Moore doesn't yield probably too big of, uh, of a return. I, I don't know. If Barkley's not going and Derrick Henry isn't being moved and Josh Jacobs after that debacle last night, he's not being moved. I mean, there were reports the Ravens did have a conversation with the Titans.
3: I, you know,
0: I don't know. They have Gus Edwards and Justice Hill. You right know, now, it was their running backs.
3: Is, how it, I look at it is this: you are a win now team, a playoff team. You have a speedy primary primary back, so um, you know Alvin Kamara with the Saints, or you know Christian McCaffrey with with the Forty Niners. Um, you know, I know Dave Montgomery is in Detroit, but Jameer Gibbs. You know, like those yeah. type of backs to me, Moss would be the ideal complement. And if you could get a high day three pick, you know, round four, round five, in that range, because. Again, he's a free agent, and I don't think and you, you know bring he's not him coming back, back. and I don't he, think he wants no, to be you, back. No, you, you
0: know he's, the, signing Jonathan Taylor meant there's no way you're bringing right. Zach Moss back, and by the way, that's fine. You can go find complimentary yeah. backup running backs, draft free right.
3: agency, that's easy. So again, that is one that I do think Greg makes a very good point on. I of, don't think they'll do it, do you? Uh, over the next six and a half hours, that is a move that I would like to see explored. Uh, no, I don't. I don't. Yeah, and I don't know how much it
0: take them to task over that.
3: I I, I think I, I just don't know. It, it's weird. The only reason I give myself pause is I go back to Stefan Gilmore back in March. That was a move that the Colts said, "Hey, white flag, surrendering. Um, we're not trying to make every win now move this season. We're not trying to retain Stephon Gilmore here." And so my question becomes, what move since that first domino in March, Andy? Was an indication to you the Colts are win now this season? Name me one free agent acquisition, trade, uh, even I. I'm literally trying to think of one off no. the top of my head, and I got nothing. No, the the so nothing has been win now from a personnel standpoint. Why try now? You know
0: the only positive, and I, you know, maybe tomorrow we talk about this is they could get to five and five. But that's me talking about Carolina and what they have not done this season and how bad the Patriots have bad have been this season. That's not even me saying, Well, the Colts will do that because of their play. They'll go take care of business against two bad teams. Yeah, I, I just I'm looking at I, I mean, I still think Dallas might need something else at running back. I don't know. There haven't been any injuries in the last few weeks. Like if Philadelphia lost sweat. Oh not sweat help me here uh Swift yeah, I, yeah, could, yeah I mean, you know that Howie Roseman, the GM there in Philly, he will absolutely wheel in deal. He's already made a couple kind of, you know, small moves. Well, the Bayard move wasn't a small move. I mean, they have made two moves already in the last few days. I, I mean, I don't know if Cleveland felt like they were in it and, and they had another injury if Jerome Ford were out for the season, but that hasn't been the case. They've got okay run there from Kareem Hunt. I just, you know, Cam Akers went to Minnesota, and I think he's going to start getting getting 50, 60, 70% of the run there. They still have Madison as well. I don't know. I go go to, I guess I kind of look at the Cowboys and I kind of look at the Baltimore Ravens. I know ESPN Orlovsky has kind of said, hey, why aren't the Ravens going out and looking at a Derrick Henry or looking at a Saquon Barkley? Uh, Moss would be a lot less than that, right? I mean, he would be a true rental, but like you said, for a fourth or a fifth round pick, I mean Moss is a solid as hell player I just I don't know man' I, I I don't see it happening what I don't know is how much it take the the Colts to task for it does that make sense like I'm fine yeah, if they want to do it it makes sense if it makes sense if they want to do it. If they say no we think we get to five and five JT's still not totally totally back we need I mean if it's not him then who who is going to be the other running back in the offense yeah, they but, don't
3: really have like Evan Hull season ending injury to start the year this is where it becomes kind of a bummer yeah. Like, you don't have that day three rookie. And this falls back to the, you know, Leonard Williams from the Giants to the Seahawks trade we talked about earlier in the show. Outside of Julian Blackman to Nick Cross, I struggle looking at this roster right now and seeing 2024 free agents potentially stunting the growth of young draft picks behind them. There's not many of them. Like, you know, to me, Grover Stewart's not really doing that to any ideal body type at defensive tackle. Um, You know, Michael Pittman is not doing that at wideout. You obviously, I think, need Pittman. You know, Kenny Moore at nickel corner is not really doing that. I guess a little bit of Blackman. Um, you know, And then if you look at running back with Moss, you know, Evan Hall, again, is out for the year. That would be probably the one other area that I point to. But of all the names, a Moss, a Blackman, a Moore, a Stewart, again, these 2024 free agents, the one that probably makes the most sense from a not part of 2024 plans seems a bit expendable could get something in return, it would probably be Moss. Moss is the only guy
0: that I think you could move, and if they're if they're worried about this, it doesn't feel like you're waving the white flag. If you move Kenny Moore or someone in the defensive backfield after what the fans have seen the last couple weeks on defense and after what they saw Tony Brown go through on Sunday,
3: there is a... Yeah, but indirectly you've waved the white flag since March. Well... You traded Gilmore at least since and, Anthony and, Richardson. And you've traded you traded Gilmore, and you've done nothing of substance.
0: Yes, they have public. I guess they have. They have said they, they don't feel they that way. Substantial free agent
3: well, it's, moves. It's that Matt they Gay. Made.
0: It's Matt Gay. We talked. It's and Matt Gay. And Gardner Minshew
3: left, and Samson Nebuchadnezzar mm-hmm. yeah, took a spot. We
0: did. We did a whole segment, you know, about it's Matt Gay and Gardner Minshew. Right. When I, you know, started this Which, show, uh, again, what have they done? Those are the two guys they brought in.
3: I don't have too big of a grand issue with that because I believe I believe that this was a year all about Richardson's development and then finding that additional piece mm-hmm. and, and that additional piece obviously being. A high-end like first-round pick coming up I, next I, I
0: would be more fine with it if their actions a second time here. If they traded some of these guys, I, I think fans would be more on board. And this might be a conversation for tomorrow, uh, KB. I, I think fans would be more on board than maybe what they think because fans are trying to find an objective and even though the objective is for the future, they lost the main objective this season which was Anthony Richardson and so if the if they could find an objective here of hey, we're gonna kind of rid ourselves of some good players but we are gonna have more than the normal seven picks in an upcoming draft if we're gonna have an additional second, an additional fourth, an additional fifth and that's what we're selling that hey, this past draft which we think we did pretty damn good at in this next one. Now we've accumulated 11 picks uh, or something like that. That would be the only conversation. I, I actually think more fans might rally behind that than what they think.
3: I don't know. Maybe not. Uh, pop quiz coming up in a few. 317-239-1070 for that. Uh, before we get to it, Morning Checkdown. The Morning Checkdown.
0: Omaha Omaha,
2: Omaha! 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 On 93.5 and
0: 107.5 The Fans. Uh, obviously, we talked a lot about Bulls and Pacers last night. 112 105, Chicago, the win uh, last night in Gamebridge. We did have Rick Carlisle on if you want to find any of that in the 8 o'clock hour. But in his postgame press conference last night, here's what Carlisle had to say about the loss.
5: A couple times in the second half where we had it to 5 or 6, and we maybe even had it to 8. Um, and, and there was either a turnover, a foul, you know, um, some kind of a miscue that gave them life at the other end and then they, they were always able to recapture the momentum. So, um, no excuses. Uh, we just got to play better.
3: Boy, at Boston, going to be quite the challenge yeah. Last or tomorrow night, 7.30 tip. In that one after that, a five-game homestand and we are six days away from Victor Webanyama inside of Gainbridge Fieldhouse. Granted, the Spurs do have a game uh, the afternoon before, so we'll continue to keep an eye on that one, uh, last night in Game Three of the World Series, it was the Rangers once again away from home, being the Texas Rangers, three-one victors over the Diamondbacks. So now they go up two-one in that series. The Rangers are now nine and zero in this postseason away from home. Max Scherzer did have to exit early. Due to a back injury, John Gray came in out of the bullpen and was very, very good in that one. So We'll see if they can continue it tonight. Uh, It stays in Arizona for Game 4 and Game 5. Our coverage will be joined in progress. uh, Trackside tonight at 7 o'clock. So around 9 o'clock, we'll join Game 4 of the World Series.
0: Yeah, quickly. Week eight of the NFL season wrapped up last night. 26-14, Lions over the Raiders. Lions bounce back after that, ter- you know, just terrible performance in Baltimore. They're now six and two on the season. The Raiders dropped to three and five, just one and four uh, on the um, uh, on the road. And I think for me, whether it happens at four o'clock or not, Devontae Adams just one catch last night. Jacoby Myers just one catch last night. Two very good wide receivers. Adams obviously. A Hall of Fame type player. Will they be moved? They probably should be. And Kirk Cousins out for the season. Uh, looks like James Winston might get the nod there. We'll see if a trade happens there. The Giants trade Leonard Williams to the Seahawks and Washington still trying to trade Montrez Sweat and Chase Young.
3: It's a shame no one has opinions on Greg Doyle. <laughs> I've not seen any. Oh. It's very weird. Very quiet after having mm-hmm. him on.
0: You, just, you put him in, uh, uh, what do you call it when you're driving? Uh, the that auto was the mode. most
3: on one he has been with us. Hey, he usually is uh, yeah, yeah. not He's quite. He's usually on one, but maybe yeah. not that much. That was full throttle. you damn right it was. I don't know if CBS Cruise was out control. of candy this morning for the Halloween. <laughs> Trick-or-treaters there. Imagine knocking on the Doyle household and imagining what you'd get on the other side of that door. Uh, as Andy said, Rick Carlisle earlier, Greg Doyle earlier, both of those up on the podcast. Uh, all right, Pop Quarries on the other side,
2: 317-239-1070. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kiskali Ribocyclib 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kiskali is right for you.
0: All right, pop quiz time here. I think we've loaded phone lines today, so we'll get to that here in just a second. KB mentioned before the break. Trackside coming up tonight at 7 o'clock. World Series Game 4. We'll join in progress tonight at 9 o'clock and then it's busy, busy, busy. Pacers-Celtics on Wednesday. Colts-Panthers on Sunday loaded here on The Fan. You miss any part of our show or any of the shows, check out the Podcast Center, 1075thefan.com. Download the the, uh, the free app. That's what I use on my broken phone. By the way, two hours yesterday went absolutely nowhere. These damn iPhones, you can't find an iPhone anymore. So you can't even find, like, not no. the new version? Well, I mean, I want the new version. No, I want the new, I want the Pro Max. What am I doing here? <laughs> I mean, you on. going Android on us? I am not going Android. If I went Android, I'm trying to think of the most shocking thing. Like, if, if Greg Doyle came on our air and. You know, was nice was nice to everybody, and and you know was you know said nice things about the Colts. That would be a surprise. And if I walked in here with an Android with a Samsung, that would be absolutely stunning. Now I've been an Apple follower uh, since my youth, if we will. <laughs> since my youth. Uh, I have, man, I have. I had the Dome computer. Remember that? Going remember the back, Dome computer?
3: Going back to the Rick Carlisle comment about Halloween. how You have to have <laughs> the appropriate level of respect for the holiday. iPhone it's, Pro uh, Max
4: available in Avon's Best Buy right now. You want to. Bet. That's that's what's no no, but I need the I need the one
0: with the with the megabytes. Well, I need, go I, need ahead. I need the I need the megabytes. I gotta have the
3: storage the for bells all bells the... and whistles for Andy. Sweeney yes, over here.
0: I, I don't. I listen. I don't go cheap when it comes to my cell phone. All right, the only pop thing quiz cheap time. Right now is
3: your Halloween costume.
0: Uh, yeah, it's not one. I don't yeah. have one. Are you I'm, a, radio I'm a failure. gas bag? I was going to. Uh, I was. I, I did want to reach out. Uh, There's a producer at IBC who's an Arkansas fan. I was gonna to try to see if it like an extra large sweatshirt. Uh, but then You're I'd have be a to. Razorback? I'd have to scuff my face up. No, oh, by the neck Petrino. brace. I was going to be Bobby Petrino. Forgot yeah. you mentioned that. Yesterday. I was going to have to bring in my mistress, which would have created you know, all sorts oh. of issues. That would have been, been an HR like nightmare. A Nike uh, Andy
4: Swinney accosted me in the hallway, asking yeah. for my clothes. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah, he's parked his motorcycle <laughs> there, and the handicaps. He brought a mistress. I don't know. Those are high jinks in the morning.
0: All morning I mean, radio. Time
3: for the pop quiz, Andy. A number one through eight on this Halloween morning. Uh, let's go. I don't know. You guys want to do what do we want to do you want to do caller
0: number four Caller four mark dyckton ryan ryan what's happening ryan good morning hey andy how you doing buddy everything is fantastic you ready to roll
6: let's do it
3: ryan you a halloween guy i almost called you a halloweener like i did rick carlisle but I, i've learned from my earlier mistakes
6: yeah yeah it's pretty cool. Uh, my wife and I watch scary movies for the whole month every night and, oh, you know, nice it, it's she's not a horror fan, so it's I get a lot of thrills from that.
3: Look okay. at that did that's, you, that's
0: romance
6: if I've ever heard. did of you
0: watch it. did you watch House of a Thousand Corpses? Oh yeah, yeah.
6: love Rob zombie. The whole trilogy <laughs> is great. Uh, do you yeah. dress up today, Ryan? I dressed up as a store manager so I'm just at work.
4: There you go. <laughs> Fair enough.
3: Picture him in the costume, walking around, ordering people around. Uh, all right, Andy, you want to lead them off? Yeah,
0: all right. Question number one. Uh, Luka Doncic, 35 points, 12 rebounds, 12 assists in the Mavericks win in Memphis last night. It's the second time in the first three games of the season that Luka has recorded a 30-point triple-double. Only one player in NBA history has had a 30-point triple-double in each of his team's first three games was it oscar robertson russell westbrook lebron james or james harden
6: uh i'll go westbrook on that sounds very westbrooky
3: i used to uh live by uh this guy's high school no he did uh
6: uh crap i forgot that where the four again uh the big o oscar robertson Russell oh, Westbrook. Oscar. Addicts guy. What am I thinking? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
3: There you mm-hmm. go. By the way, Andy, Chris says 256 Pro Max available in a Greenwood Best Buy. Okay, well, they lied Horizon to me yesterday. AT&T. They said
0: there was not one within, like, 40
3: miles. Ugh. Ryan, number two. The 76ers have agreed to trade James Harden to the Clippers. Not sure that's a good thing for the Clippers. To be the fourth time in his career, Harden's been traded. Tied for the most for a former league MVP in NBA history. Which of the following former MVPs were not traded four times in their NBA careers? Westbrook, Bob McAdoo, Wilt Chamberlain, or Moses Malone? Uh, Will.
0: nice. All right, question number three. Amon Ross, St. Brown. Love this guy. Six catches, 108 last night in the Lions' win over the Raiders. It's the 11th 100-yard receiving game for St. Brown in his three-year career. That sets a franchise record. Who previously held the Lions' record of 10 100-yard games in the first three years of his career? Was it Calvin Johnson, Roy
6: Williams, Johnny Morton, or Herman Moore? I feel like this is too obvious of an answer to be the right answer, so I'll go Herman Moore.
3: All right, number four here. Ryan, where do you uh, work if you care to share? What is the store you manage?
6: Floors of your home. Hawk floors. You guys need floors? And then you got
3: a new house. Come yes. see me. Look at this. Wow. <laughs> like sounds like Mark Dykton could yes. be having a conversation <laughs> with Ryan. Oh, uh, fair. Okay, Will Levis uh, threw four touchdown passes in his NFL debut for the Titans as they beat Atlanta on Sunday. Levis just the third quarterback to throw for TD passes, throw for four TD passes in his NFL debut. The first was Hall of Famer Fran Tarkadin back in 1961. The other is a former Titan Ryan Tannehill? That's uh, Marcus Mariota. Look <laughs> at that, Ryan. How the hell did you know that? Yeah, Ryan knows what's up. Oregon fan, uh, yeah, Titan guys, fan. It-
6: No, I'm not not a Titans fan. I'm just a football fan. As long as you guys don't delve off into baseball or hockey, I could have a pretty good day.
3: All right. Well, I I don't think we're going to do that
0: on the pop quiz. No, not today. Okay, so on this day, last one, Ryan. On this day in 1950, the NBA's color barrier was broken as the first African-American player played in a regular season game. Who was the first? Was it Nat Sweetwater Clifton, Earl Lloyd, Chuck Cooper, Don Barksdale?
6: Um, go, Don Barksdale. It's
3: a pretty good effort there by Ryan. What three out of five? That Mariota conviction was strong. I thought the Chamberlain answer. Uh, Big O was right for one. In my nope, that was well, wrong. Yes!
4: that was the wrong one.
3: Uh, Wilt he got that right for two? Career. Not traded four times. Marcus Mariota did yeah. have that debut. I guess that's. Uh, Titans fans glass, a half-empty view of the Will Levis first game. But uh, two and four, excuse me, three and four were the slip-ups. Uh, not Herman Moore, Roy Williams for the Lions record. You and Earl man! Lloyd broke the color barrier. Loved Herman
0: Moore, man. You don't get to come back tomorrow. You don't even get a lousy copy of our home game.
3: You're a complete <laughs> Boy, St. Brown is such a good wide out for them. Oh, he is good. Yeah, really, he's very really good. I think Generally I have him really in our not. station
0: league, right? In our, our show league, I think mm-hmm. I have him. I'm like
3: under 500. So no, when yeah, Notre obviously. Dame played USC a few years ago, they um, decided to double Michael Pittman and kind of let St. Brown do him, and he certainly did. They were able to take away Pittman, but uh, they were not able to do that to St. Brown whatsoever there. so uh, I, I, yeah. I did not see on Saturday that the, that the big
0: tight end there, Notre Dame, got
3: injured. Yeah, Mitchell Evans out for the year. Torn I, did not, ACL. I did not
0: see it. It's too bad.
3: Yeah, uh, they're up 38-0 and he was in the game. Okay, well, <laughs> you may not want to talk about
0: it then. I can understand why. Like, like, on, yeah, it's all about finishing the game. Should in I the be fourth worried quarter. about
3: Clemson on Saturday? No. No, I, Notre I, Dame should not be worried about Clemson. It's at Clemson? Correct. I, I, no, Dabo's, oh, yelling deci- yeah. Dabo's yelling at callers.
4: Tyler from
0: Spartanburg,
3: Dabo's yelling at. Yeah, night. like, I
0: don't know. To me, it's a lot like, you know, we've talked about. <laughs> We've talked about the Colts and we're like, you know, can they beat this team or or that, you know, that team? And like in the end, like they're just not very good right now at three and five. Clemson, you would like to say, oh yeah, well, you know, Clemson, they can still beat some teams. Like, can they? I don't know, man. Debo, he's in a he's in a rough spot. I don't his his unwillingness to embrace like NIL is unfathomable. I just can't blame. Can you can you imagine being we're talking about
3: stubborn today. I just can't That's even imagine. the of it. Yeah, but it's shooting yourself in the foot. I just, especially with that alumni base. It's not <sighs> like he's coaching at you know freaking wherever. Yeah, I mean, Jay J- would be
0: given thousands <laughs> to that to that fan up his base. Seats, right? I mean, it's a massive fan base that won a lot, so you could say, "Well, we won." Yeah, but I mean, don't you want to keep winning? I just, to me, it's one of the odder things how Dabo's how an he's odd, odd cat. yeah how he's done this. I just I don't know. I, I just, he's making eight nine ten million dollars a year to be. Like this, you may not like it, but I, mean, I think everyone in their job has to do a couple things they don't like. And I mean, I don't know. Having the kids being paid NIL wise, is not like you're giving them a salary. I, I don't, it, it's confusing. I mean, they were a top team and they have just such mediocre talent now.
3: This makes me want to cry. This is from Sean Ash. Uh, 26 degrees here oh. in Indianapolis this morning. That is oh. the coldest Halloween low since oh. 1988. I wasn't even born in 1988.
0: I was four years old in 1988. I don't know what I mean, that like, does for I, anybody, but there you, I, you go. Know,
3: we're we're going to tough out the elements for a bit there, but is it really worth it just to get the kids sick now for two weeks?
4: They're all, right. all back in school now anyway. That's going to happen regardless.
3: Yeah, well, I would think a 30-degree, 5 o'clock trot around the neighborhood yeah. will probably Ain't gonna help. contribute to that as well. All right, we'll do it one final time here on Halloween.
2: Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclib 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you.
0: Is this Rob Zombie, Mark? Yeah. <laughs> I knew you were reading my mind on that one. Little House of a Thousand Corpses. KB, I,
3: I, I assume you have not seen that. Boy, I can't <laughs> say that's on the uh, the appointment television.
0: Here. I was stereotyping you a little bit, uh, and uh, I figured that was the case. I saw this being asked on, I don't know, yesterday, NFL Network, ESPN, CBS on something. I guess it's still the Chiefs. So I almost want to ask, do I want to move the Chiefs aside? But let's not. The Chiefs are at six and two, as are the Dolphins, Jags, and Ravens. Right now, if I ask you, hey, you can go ahead and buy into one of those teams, who would it be? Six and two football teams in the AFC. Do those one more time for me. Again, it's the Chiefs, Dolphins, Jags, Ravens. Gosh, I mean
3: All right. Isn't it got to the point where betting against Brady was stupid and yeah. betting against Mahomes is stupid? Well, I think that's where we are. I almost see it as the next and actually, line. I feel like their defense has played fairly well oh,
0: this oh, season. The Chief's defa- City. No, the Chiefs' defense to me is the story of their season right now. You know, is how well it's
3: played would qualify as a surprise. Um, you know, I do feel like you get Miami in a warm weather, which again I don't know if that'll happen. But if they, somehow they can get to the point where they have home field. And they can kind of ramp it up like that with that offense. They've done a really nice job protecting two of this year. Uh, Again, there's a little bit of a okay. They got to prove it on that stage. I know they were in the playoffs last year, but still. Um, And then Baltimore and Buffalo, they just kind of lurk around. I guess Buffalo's not one. Um, And you know, Peter King got laughed at a lot when he started the the year had Jacksonville as the number one Well especially after the first three weeks. But you look at their schedule; they still got. I think they still have San Francisco, right? But outside of that, I don't think it's too, too crazy the rest of the way for them. They've already played Kansas City. They already played Buffalo in London. You know, at Pittsburgh, I think it would qualify as one of their tougher games as well. Um, yeah, they have the Ravens
0: at Browns, Bengals, and Niners are their big. They still in Cincinnati. Yeah, okay. they, that's the big four. Now they have two games with the Titans, the Panthers, the Bucks. No, I mean their defense has been good in Jacksonville, and I think I saw a stat. You know, the last during this winning streak, this five games, I think Trevor Lawrence's QBR is top two or three in the entire league.
3: So there you go. What are we know. passing out? At the Sweeney Oh, I mean, tonight. we have the grab bag of the
0: Snickers, Three Musketeers, yeah. Reese's, Tootsie Roll. It's it's very chocolaty.
3: Yeah, same here. I've eaten so many Reese's in the last ten days. I, I feel terrible, just absolutely terrible. Mark. Same. Just like a grab
4: bag. Hair, what you want? Warhead. Now, will
3: you leave the house and just a bowl out? Would you like walk with the girls around? So I think Ashley and I are going to split. Okay. She'll do a block, I'll
4: do a block, and one of us will stay back. So we'll see. But it's supposed to be so cold that we're like, we kind of did a bunch of trunk or treats over the weekend to kind of make up for the fact that we might not be out overly long tonight.
3: Now, I've thought about it, but then I cost too much money and and I'm not technologically savvy like that. I really wanted to set up a camera because we do the bucket please take one <laughs> yeah and, and i really want to set up a camera oh see so
4: we have the doorbell camera so it's just we can have it on the whole oh, time and we, can just see we, got, check. we
3: have a side door and like it's kind of a longish walk so it's just like all right let me just put the bowl out there mm-hmm. for you I, I, I try to be as neighborhood friendly as possible and lord knows it probably lasts for about three minutes before some kid <laughs> dumps it all in his pillowcase <laughs> and moves on everybody have a great halloween i say stay warm i know that's impossible Ugh. good luck to that uh we'll recap the nfl trade deadline tomorrow thanks everybody